a pant, like, schlong, like, standing up like uh, okay, we're, we're live and we started with pant schlongs. <laughs> Fuck, I, I unmuted the wrong thing. God damn it. <laughs> I, I meant to unmute mine yeah, first, yeah. and I unmuted yours. <laughs> Yeah, right. We we need to we need to like build up to paint uh, big schlong foreheads. I'm a fucking idiot. Anyway, uh, welcome uh, everyone, live and not live and that kind of thing to Mossy Tavern podcast. This has been a fair while. Fucking well, it took it. It's taking taking a while. It's still taking a while. Let's get on with it. It's Corona time. We don't actually have a concept of time anymore, so it's fine. Yeah. Uh, this is my co-host, Pantsus Knight. Uh, Bedamish is busy excessively masturbating or at work. Take your pick. Uh, the place he works, it's pretty much the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I ain't given no hints on that one. Ah, fuck. Right. Let's get on with this, because... Uh, we got we got people to be in places to uh, to not be. Okay, so Doctor Who was a brilliant show. It may one day be a brilliant show again, but probably when it gets sold to Dev. Um, Dev is not a person. Dev is a TV network. And look up Red Dwarf. <laughs> yeah, I fucking love Red Dwarf. I really do. Let's not get into Red Dwarf because it's it's fucking great. Even the bad episodes are great. <laughs> but uh, let's talk about um, a little bit about classic Doctor Who. Um, I've got some notes on like all of the all of the different topics. Um, so for what I think about the classic Doctor Who that I've seen is it has a beautifully simple storytelling. There's a beginning, a middle, and an end. Uh, there's a feel of mystery and the slow building of law. Like it kind of establishes itself over time rather than kind of throwing stuff at you as a lot of the, the current Doctor Who seems to do. Um, and it kind of feels like it's trying to establish and build a narrative over time rather than uh, say something like The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is amazing in its own right, but it was clear that it was the vision of one person. It was the vision of uh, Douglas Adams. Um, pretty much universally loved, uh, except by people who are like, oh, it's it's old and stodgy. I don't like it. Um, well, it did lose uh, popularity at the end there. That's why we got the, the whole break. Yeah. But I think there were many factors. I think the BBC moved the time slot as well, from what I remember. Um, uh, yeah. Um, not that many people uh, liked uh, Colin Baker. Yeah. French doctor. Yeah. Um, there's, there was obviously a lot of, like, I guess typecasting was a very big concern in a way. Uh, so we had a lot of iconic actors playing the doctor. One of my favorites being Tom Baker from the little that we've actually got available of Tom Baker because he wasn't so early that we've got like lost episodes and things like that but he was early enough that um, a lot of his stuff hasn't been translated as far as I can see over to DVDs like uh, obviously the really important episodes have been or like what people consider like Genesis of the Daleks and things like that 
I, I've actually seen more uh, Pertwee on things like Dave um, than Baker, which is strange. Yeah. Um, obviously, we could go on and on and on about classic Doctor Who, but we kind of need to, to get on. But the, the downsides that I've got is, um, as I said before, occasionally the show felt very stodgy and old uh, to some people. And I kind of get that. Some of the episodes don't really age all that well. Paper uh, mache monsters come to mind. <laughs> yeah, I freaking love that shit. I love paper mache monsters. We 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 need. Uh, I, I think we need to bring that back once Doctor Who inevitably gets his budget slashed. Once uh, people start cancelling the TV licenses, or oh, well, I guess they're already starting to do it. Uh, so I've put as well. Reinvention is the mother of. Uh, of creativity and vitality and also i guess in a way necessity um however the cost should always remain the same with many stories the doctor could feel completely different and like there was no like sameness about him like the there was a almost a schizophrenic nature behind the the doctor uh, a lot of the time and obviously i put what the point that you put as well um it was cancelled for budgetary reasons and declining viewership for many different reasons. Uh, so, obviously, that's not a very fair look at the classic Doctor Who, but that is a general summarization, I would say. Uh, so, what, what would you say about the, the, the classic Doctor Who era? Uh, I think it was quite fun. Um, it was an exploration into what we don't know about science, which back then was quite a bit. Hmm. Um, they had an entire episode about um, going onto a planet and everyone being surprised that the two species being caterpillars and butterflies being the same race. <laughs> <laughs> Just is kind of laughable now. Uh, but one of the big um, one of the big uh, building blocks for the old who is the multiple episode storylines, hmm. uh, which could be four, five, or or sometimes six like that's that now is half a season or yeah in, in Whitaker's <laughs> case an entire season an entire season yeah. uh, but in all two it was like um, like I said the Genesis of the Daleks wasn't just one episode it was like several episodes um, but it was really made um, for the week by week watching you can tell it when you binge watch it you're like oh okay this feels more like a movie that they broke up instead of just a continuous stream of episodes like we have in the new Who. Yeah, it felt much more like, uh, I guess the word is episodic, like almost like a, an episodic drama rather than uh, just, I guess you could say like the bog standard sci-fi where it's like episodes start, middle and end within 50 minutes, uh, at least right now. Uh, but they kind of... They gave this story a lot more time to grow, and obviously you got occasions where there wasn't very much story there, so they they had to pad it out and stretch it out across uh, several series, uh, several episodes, I guess you could say, which to us would be the equivalent of several series. Um, so it, it was. I'm not promising anything, but I think um, Spiders in Sheffield would have been better if it was one or two episodes at least. I think it would have been better if they didn't yes. add the uh, the Trump allegory who uh, hates Trump. <laughs> oh. And then berates him for like being merciful to the spider that's dying of oxygen poisoning. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll get on to Whitsker, but 
ah, we we have to revisit the the insanity of the uh, new series, I think, because it's it's crazy. Um, but yeah, we're gonna move on. Uh, I know we haven't done like forty, fifty years of justice, um, in terms of attention to classic Doctor Who, but neither we... did Shivers, but that you know he's still there. <laughs> True. We need to move on to the um, the newer Doctors, shall we say, because these are the ones most people from our generation know. As we said, most of it's down to availability. Like most people haven't got access to the uh, to the content, like the the videos, the the basically the DVDs or the streaming services haven't got access to the original files of the older episodes of Doctor Who. Um, as a result of that, we are kind of stuck here in this limbo where people want to learn about Doctor Who. Meanwhile, in another part, the new show is killing people's want and desire to learn about Doctor Who. So the show's kind of shrinking and growing at the same time. And as a result, I think, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to snap probably. Uh, but let's get on to a happier time, which was Eccleston. And got here uh you have obviously have a lot to say about eccleston now I'll, I'll let you say as much as you want um uh, I'll keep it brief don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> uh i think it was a genius move to turn the space between the last episode slash movie to the current uh current day of doctor who into a massive war the time war but it was obviously a shame until the war doctor which happens to be i know it sounds kind of hipstery but he happens to be one of my favorite doctors. Like, probably not the favorite, but one of my favorite from the the uh, modern era. Um, I said as well that uh, Eccleston has a amazing air about him on screen. He did a brilliant job of bringing Doctor Who to a complete novice, a person who doesn't have any real kind of focus on Doctor Who um, until episodes like. Uh, the gas mask children episode i can't remember what it's called uh it's been a long fucking time since i've seen uh, it dances and bombs over london yeah um and characters like captain jack as well um obviously they kind of they were your key into this alien kind of world in a way um because they they're a lot more yeah the empty child that that's right hello warhead um Thank you for, for joining us. I had no idea you're a Doctor Who fan, dude. <laughs> um, so some of the most epicing, ugh, amazing stories happened under Russell T. Davies. Uh, narrative took center stage. Uh, sometimes the stodgy show was... Well, basically, most cases, the stodgy show of the classical era was turned into a streamlined and fresh approach. Uh, it felt very new in a way, and we d didn't get so much of the fat, I guess you could say. But at the same time, we also lost a lot of the uh, the expansion of the stories that we got in the classical era. Um, but it is a shame that we didn't get to see more of the often bitter and godlike Doctor mature into his own logical path, which was supposed to be, as far as I can see, uh, fun... Like, basically a fun-loving, wistful doctor who wanted nothing more than to rediscover 
his essence and his love of the universe. Like, if we got another season or two seasons, we would have, I believe, we would have found like a lot more love in Eccleston. Um, but I'll I'll hand it over to you to to say whatever you want about Eccleston. <laughs> uh, just just uh, to keep it brief because I know we we don't have literally uh, three days. Um, I believe that it was a great choice to choose an old monster like the Autons to bring him back, bring back the Doctor, and like the subtle air of like comedy in the fear. It's like, oh, what's your name, Rose? Run, Rose. Um, was a great introduction to who we'd find out is both scary but also mystifying. Mm. Uh, it's also a really good um season. For establishing things like um, the doctor, uh, the doctor, how he feels towards Daleks, um, the horrors of being a Time Lord, him still being in denial about the Time Lords. Yeah, it it really did come together, and I don't think if we had any other actor playing uh, the Doctor, I don't think we would have actually gotten Tennant or Smith. We just really wouldn't have. I mean, there was a very real risk as well, especially towards the beginning of uh, Eccleston's run, and we've we've heard kind of stories from behind the scenes of the uh, BBC. Obviously, not too much because they're very hush hush. But from what I can hear, if Russell T Davies didn't succeed at bringing the show back, they would have straight up just cancelled it and not just put it on ice. It would have been dead. Like um, the success of Eccleston led to everything that followed good, bad, and uh, as we'll get on to, very ugly as well. Um, but yeah. The good, the bad, and the chibbers. <laughs> yeah. Um, it feels sort of weird moving on from Eccleston that quickly, but we, we gotta do it. We can't talk about him all the time. Uh, there, is, there is literally like so much we can say about one season. Like It's sort of the same with Tenant, I feel. Uh, so... Uh, the upsides that I've got as well for Tennant is that uh, Tennant was amazing. He brought so much love as an actor to the show, and it was clear that he had a love of the show himself as well. Uh, he brought a often loving and jovial air to the show, which also meant that he was maintaining a lot of the old and you know what we expect the Doctor to be. He was never resentful. But you got this kind of feeling that he was obviously otherworldly, which is exactly what you want with the Doctor, which that was obviously absent from a lot of the old Doctors. They felt like humans, in fact, to the point where in the movie, in the classic uh, Doctor Who, they joked about the Doctor being half-human, which is kind of a, a cross... It crossed the line for a lot of people, I would say, because that kind of bends the fuck out of canon, doesn't it? Which they actually do eventually. They make a half human doctor. Two of them actually, you know, with the whole Donna doctor. Yeah, Doctor Donna, and the um, uh, the tenant uh, clone with uh, Rose. Yeah. Um, I mean, the obviously we could get into a lot of specific episodes. I, I think it's good in a way, um, that they did actually get to it, but it's just sort of. Sort of bittersweet, the whole uh, tenant era in general, I would say. Uh, so, even among non fans, tenant is viewed as the doctor 
and that iconicness um, has set the bar for what the character can be to the point where lesser doctors uh, cough Jody Whittaker uh, try to emulate him really fucking badly really really badly <laughs> honestly I thought she took a couple of shots and was impersonating all of them at the same time yeah even though she'd never viewed an episode of Doctor Who according to herself uh, I, I will say though about Tennant, uh, he did have like his reign had the best spin-offs. We had Torchwood and Sarah Jane Adventures. Like, you you can't miss with either of those. Some of the monsters as well. The monster gallery was uh, often incredible, but like we got a lot of new stuff, a lot of new monsters. Um, for example, Weeping Angels, although they ended up being overused in the Smith era, uh, were very iconic they like blink is still one of my my favorite episodes and there's just loads and loads of monsters that they added in and revitalized obviously some of them like we, we talked a, a little bit off uh it, basically we've talked a little bit in the past about how some of them fell off the werewolf one for example where the show was kind of discovering its footing oh mind you they did do well the episode wasn't too great I did, I did like the bringing back of the Santarans. Yeah. Um, I like the... Well, obviously it was in Eccleston's era that they brought back the, the Daleks, but I liked how they used the Daleks in, in the Tenant era. It wasn't just about like Grand Wars. There were smaller stories. There were stories where you always felt like they were a threat, and often uh, in the classical era i know we keep going back to the classical era but it is kind of important to because that's obviously the roots um they mocked the daleks far too much yeah the beast i love the beast episode but it was also very strange <laughs> it was a you very also, you also have to give it to tenant like all of his well not his obviously but like their time their new aliens were really good like um, uh, the Jadoon, the uh, Clockwork uh, robots, mm. even even the uh, strange stuff that they did with the Daleks, as we were saying, um, trying to make a human-Dalek hybrid, and then they did it 17 more times later on down the line. Yeah, it, to the point where they've even done it now in, oh God, in the fucking new episode of, uh, I think it's one of the latest episodes of Doctor Who. The Holiday Special. Yeah, the hol both. holiday special. Both of them. <laughs> <laughs> in both, like, a year, and then a year after. <laughs> yeah, uh, The Beast is a very weird watch. It, it feels totally very different than any other episode of, of Doctor Who, and it also feels bigger than it should be, because The Beast is obviously... It was one of those things that you can kind of tell played some role in the evolution of civilization for the doctor to just yeet it into a fucking ash uh, into a a black hole it feels a bit weird say <laughs> like, oh you're they, gone now they even mention it in the tenant uh timeline because i think it was like either dalek sec or something no not dalek sec but the um the crazy one yeah um he was like throw like he he grabbed davros and then brought him back hmm yeah, and I know which one you mean. I think it might have been Thayar Khan. Uh, I can't. I think it's Khan. Yeah. 
See, we, we fucking remember the, uh, the the name of the the four Daleks. <laughs> I think it was Sec, Thay, Jast, and Khan. I believe. This is how much we love the show. <laughs> I was gonna build a Dalek diorama, and then this shit happened. It's fine. You can now build one of the new Dalek dioramas. Oh no. no! 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 <laughs> like, I loved this this show so much that I bought the Doctor Who Lego set. Like that shit was sixty five pounds. That's a lot of money. <laughs> I bought it and I was like, yeah, this is great. And then the Whitaker era happened. I'm like, you're going in the box. <laughs> I genuinely would have preferred the uh, Taste of the Rainbow Badonkadaleks than yeah. the, uh, the, the 3D printed, for some reason, has Dalek tech weaponry. <laughs> yeah, we, we definitely got to talk about, uh, talk about that as well. Um, Oh yeah, so final point in Tenant before we get to the downsides. Um obviously we love Tenant. We're not saying this as a as as if these points are equal or balanced or anything like that. We're saying this just as these are points that we have to, to make and we have to address so that we know that as much as we love these episodes, as much as we love the the series themselves, especially Capaldi, Capaldi there's a lot of love for a lot of episodes there that I have. Um particularly Hellbent and Heaven Sent. But in general, th we have to add the criticisms of it too because it's uh, only right. Because I know that one of them is connected to this. Tenant probably has one of the most memorable set of companions. Uh, yeah. Whether it's um, Donna, whether it's Martha Jones, whether it's who we're going to talk about next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, fucking yeah. Rose. Rose, man. Fucking Rose. Why you gotta resurrect yourself all this time? Because we want to. Because we want to. <laughs> so uh, I even said uh, Tent has some of the best companions since Sarah Jane. Even revisited Sarah Jane on multiple occasions. Like they give a lot of love and respect to even lesser companions like Mickey. Ooh, shed, shed on fucking Mickey. But... It's fine because he marries Martha Jones in unit <laughs> now. So it's fine. Yeah. Uh, so the the downside, the downfall of the series, the biggest one, was Rose. I'm sorry, we loved her. They overused her. This is a the theme of Doctor Who where they overuse things, um, but it was indeed an overuse or an abuse, I guess you could say, of a character to the point where the show almost collapsed uh, because people were getting sick of the Deus Ex Machina. And then, to the credit of the writers, a bit too late, they give her a break, I guess you could say. They give her her own doctor. And that's great. But at the same time, it means there are three, I believe, three doctors running around in another universe. That's... Uh, if, we, if we count all of the doctors that, like, um, just from the new one. Technically, yeah. there is um, the Doctor, the human Doctor with Rose in the alternate dimension, uh, Do uh, Doctor Donna, and then you've got uh, Ginny as well. Yeah. Shit, I forgot about Ginny. Apparently, so they joked about Ginny crashing into an asteroid as well. Uh, like, obviously, we could go on about <laughs> like tangents and stuff, but uh, yeah, like, Ginny... Um, 
Ginny's a serious plot hole. Like, she's a problem. Uh, they joked about her being completely yeeted into an asteroid and she's just dead. Uh, that's not the case. It was confirmed by writers and the original writer of the show. Uh, like, uh, of that episode, rather. No, she's not. And in fact, she's been back for Big Finish episodes. So she's alive in universe for what whatever that's worth. But she's still a problem. And the, this is a, a problem with Doctor Who in general. With the loose structure of the show, uh, it's very good for telling stories, but it's very bad for establishing canon. Uh, but we should probably wrap up uh, a tenant again. There's so much more we could talk about. But uh, just just one more last thing that keeps <laughs> carrying into new episodes. Uh, it's connected to the overuse of Rose, uh, Bad Wolf. Yes, Bad Wolf. It's very vague and nebulous, and it kind of got yeeted uh, by the TARDIS thing, the TARDIS blowing up thing in uh, Smith. They, they even they even uh, tried to do it a second time. Remember with uh, Harold Saxon, they were trying to be all like, "Oh, we snuck something else in since you liked Bad Wolf so much." Yeah. <laughs> Uh, as well, like uh, obviously, I'm not a big, massive fan of the uh, the classic series. I, I do like it. Um, I've not seen too much of it, but I think the master that we got with uh, Tenant was a really good one. Uh, from my limited experience, probably not the best. I've seen the performance of some others, but yeah, he was a really good master in my view. Uh, luckily enough, just like the Doctor, I believe, at least, uh, we've only had one bad Master performance, so it's it, it equals out, right? Yeah. Um, so, we basically have talked about a lot of things, but uh, two last downsides. There is, in Tenant's era, an often unneeded level of detail in episodes, um, rigidifying canon unnecessarily, as I said, it should be fluid, but not overly fluid, and sometimes they just hard-pointed canon, like, for no reason. Like, if you do, if you make something rigid in canon, it should always be for a purpose, in my view, but, yeah, it's kind like of... Like, the time war. <laughs> yeah. Like, putting a pin in things that weren't necessarily, uh, you didn't need to put pins in, in such things. Um, but it, it's always the vagueness that gives us the best material, in my view. Like, Big Finish produces a hell of a lot of really good uh, beta content. That's not an insult. That's just what it's classified as, or what it was classified as, uh, beta content, which is content that isn't necessarily produced by the original creators of the show, but is created in conjunction or to tie into it, like such as comics and Big Finish audiobooks, which have now been made canon, that's a whole other topic for another fucking day, which we might talk about. <laughs> but, yeah, that's kind of a problem. Uh, and another really kind of dodgy one with Tennant, as much as we love him, was there wasn't really a super huge expansion of the Hall of Fame of Monsters. Uh, the, we got some really good ones, but we always seem to return to the Daleks and the Cybermen it, over and over again. I love the Daleks and the Cybermen, but they seem to use them a lot. They're pretty much in every season, I think. Plus, uh, Davies had that uh, that big fling with the joke about Raxacoco Falibatorius. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, right. Smith. 
Smith is personally, I don't want to say it, but he's kind of, uh, he's kind of my favorite. <laughs> Ashamed to say it, but his era is probably my my, my favorite. Um, I do have to say though that uh, fish and uh, fish fingers and custard overrated. Yeah, yeah, it is. What the the test of it? Have you tried it? Uh, yeah, I, I think every Doctor Who fan at that like after that episode, at <laughs> least like tried one. Let's come on. Yeah, my sister tried it. Um, she said it was weird. <laughs> I can imagine if fucking would be man. But uh, so what do we have? Um. With Smith, there was a huge expansion of law. Again, this can be seen as a really good thing, or this can be seen as a, a massive downside to the character. Um, there was none of the law that was built up was as bad as the Time Lord changes in Tenant's era. Uh, I personally adored this Doctor, as I previously mentioned. He was the Doctor who forgot. That was he, how he was branded as, especially in the 50th anniversary. He was old enough by now to have forgotten the the events of the Time War and all of the people who'd been lost, which again plays into the 50th anniversary. Uh, good cast, River Song's return was very welcome. Rory Williams and Amy Pond, really, really good characters, but again, they were kind of overemphasized upon. I, I don't, I don't really know. Uh, really good. World's uh, Collide stories, such as the Pandorica um, episodes, with some silly stories thrown in as well. Uh, characters were very... Like, the character was very fun, bubbly, and a bit intense at times, and a perfect following to, to Tenant. The Hall of Fame was expanded, which included the, uh, the Weeping Angels, and they got lore expansions, for better or worse, they got a lot of changes to their character. Uh, my love for this version of the Doctor is as high as it ever was, even giving the over-the-top cheese at times. <laughs> um, what would you say about the positives of Smith? Uh, well, the term that gets thrown around with Smith is young face, old soul, which I think really does, like... It might be a bit mainstream to say, uh, but it really does embody the entire idea of Matt Smith's uh, run being the youngest Doctor yet. Yeah. Um, uh, he does actually bring a lot of that like energy to it, if you know what I mean. Like, he's wacky. He's uh, he's not over the top uh, boomer humor like um, somebody we know, <laughs> <laughs> fam. <laughs> uh, but um, he. He brought a lot to the table. Uh, I think that having a steady um, companion, like, that wasn't reoccurring every single time we didn't see them, like uh, Rose was. Um, Amy Pond and Rory had their story. Like, the Doctor was not the be-end-all be end all of their um, of their entire arc. Yeah. It was more like, we went on an adventure or two, but now we have to, now we're going to settle down and have a kid. So the really, you know, the really ironic thing, um, uh, Warhead says his favorite monsters would be the peg dolls of the Vashtonarada. I have to, I have to agree. I really like the Vashtonarada. Um, the what dolls? Peg, peg dolls. Uh, remind me on that one. I, I don't know what the peg dolls are. You'll have to tell us. Um, 
but the uh the thing that i like the really ironic thing about the uh oh god what was i saying <laughs> yeah really ironic thing about the one of the best episodes written by uh chris chibnall our boy um was the one where it also was followed by the second worst episode ever fucking written uh for smith also the worst episode written for smith the dinosaurs in the what was it dinosaurs in the spaceship which is just nothing in just filler um in my view but whatever it was fun i guess um the episode that was uh that was really good of that chibnall wrote was where the doctor was stuck on earth and uh with the boxes yeah he had to live the life of a human and he was bought out of his fucking mind that was a really good episode i believe it was chris chibnall who wrote it uh funnily enough i still believe that some of the best episodes are the ones where the doctor is either powerless or he's in one place like i still hold with all of its flaws and everything that uh town called december is still one of my favorite uh episodes oh town called is it town called christmas yeah yeah uh yeah i really like it i I love the the slow descent into um it's just kind of a a commentary on all like old age how we watch generations go by as he uh as he aged thought that one generation was the other like that's just a great yeah great plus it showed like how long he actually was there yeah, um, it, it just really fucking good episodes overall. Uh, Night Terrors. I don't know. I don't know what you mean. Do you know what he? Which, which episodes? Uh, which Night monsters? Uh, Warhead means. Night Terrors. I don't know. Again, I, I don't know all of the the monsters, but we we know some. <laughs> Honestly, if if we don't remember it, um, it's not an insult towards your favorite monster. It's generally because we consume so much media that isn't Doctor Who and Doctor Who that sometimes we forget and muddle up. It's it's not an offense. It's genuinely us just forgetting. Yeah. Um. Right. We should probably move on. Uh, Smith. Uh, negatives, right. Sorry. Uh, negatives, right. Negatives, yes. Um, biggest one being... Uh, can I just say that just the first negative that comes to my mind? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Uh, which, we had the rose effect, but with the river song. Yes. Oh, yeah. They redeemed it with um, living dolls that... Uh, they were living dolls that could turn humans into peg dolls. I did, I've never heard of that. That's weird. Which which series is that? Yeah, is that classic? It, that really sounds classic, doesn't it? It's either classic or Russell T Davies. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. Um. Mind you, if if we suddenly rewatch the episode, and then uh, it becomes our favorite one, you you have the right to never let us let, live that one down. Yeah. I, do you mean the Autons or uh... Autons just turned you into plastic? Yeah, I think that's what I think that's what Warhead means. I think you may be talking about the Autons. Well, he he says something about living nightmares, so I don't know. 
Um, so downsides of Smith, because we've got to get through to Capaldi as well. Oh, God. <laughs> Capaldi. Uh, again, I wish we had fucking six hours to talk about this. We may have to revisit we some of these. Break. Yeah, we could always break this up. I really want to get onto uh, onto uh, what's a what's a fucking verse? We're gonna see that she's that forgettable. But yeah, she's like we really have to get onto her just because of the, the sheer amount of bullshit that went on. Uh, we might want to make that the uh, second stream just just so we don't change the um, the entire feel of this because I imagine that we're going to be rather energetically opposed like this yeah it's quite fucking scathing to be honest quite quite the opposite of tenant where we had more positives than negatives <laughs> to yeah be invert. so we'll i think we'll wrap up with smith's uh negatives and talk a little bit about all of them that we've discussed a little bit uh, beforehand and then we'll go on to capaldi and um we will go on to whitaker and talk about the future of doctor who so negatives of uh smith is loved by many but disliked by probably more <laughs> um many people cited the fact that he was very fucking childlike and i have to agree but i, I think that kind of plays to his charm i, I don't know I, I actually think that's um, played to his uh, strengths because when he got dark which um every single uh, doctor we've talked about has a very dark side. The fact that you don't expect some of the things that Matt Smith did mm. in his run, like sort of plays to the better of him. But um, that's more of a like controversial point than a yeah. Very negative. Um. So uh, we we've not mentioned Stephen Moffat. The show changed over to Stephen Moffat during the uh, Smith, I believe. Um. He was a very different director. He was a very different. Uh, script director as well because i think in doctor who you do direct the script and the show itself and yeah, that, that is part of the whole showrunner yeah 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 that is his title isn't it showrunner um so he basically gives some monsters unnecessary and over-the-top traits uh for an example the the daleks he made dalek extremists who were more Dalek than Dalek, even though the Daleks were revived from... <sighs> the fucking Daleks were revived from basically harvesting humans. <laughs> so, <laughs> every Dalek from this current run, plus the fucking... Ah, oh, man. Plus the Engines of War novel, which I believe is still beta canon, but it's still considered canon. Which basically what the Doctor did, if you don't want spoilers, switch off. Um... But in the Engines of War, what he did was he reset the timeline. And when he reset the timeline, he made it so that the Daleks were, were losing rather than winning. Because what the, the Time Lords tried to do was they tried to go back in time to the events of the Genesis of the Daleks. And they finished the job that the Doctor couldn't do. And as, as a result, they created what were called the Degradations, which were Daleks with like spider legs and could fucking float and actually go upstairs and shit like, oh wow we we got that we got that instead of like uh instead of human daleks i'm glad we live in that timeline <laughs> yeah i mean like it got to the point where the degradations were were so strong that they created a, a time lord uh, 
you're gonna fucking love this. They created a Time Lord human hybrid. Or, uh, well, a Time Lord Dalek hybrid, rather, not a Time Lord human. Time Lord Dalek uh, hybrid. An actual hybrid. We got a solution to the whole hybrid thing of Capaldi, which we'll talk about later, but we're getting a bit ahead of, ahead of ourselves. Um, well, it's better than a Time Lord Cyberman, apparently. <laughs> so. Like, what they called him was, I believe, something like the... Um, I can't remember what they called him. The di director or something like that. But basically, he they turned uh, the apparently completely logical brains of uh, Time Lords, put them in a suit of pure hatred, and made them basically into war strategists. Like, they did that once, and we never got to see the outcome of it before the Doctor flew the TARDIS into a black hole, willed the... Klingons. Yeah. Willed the timeline out of its current state and then uh, and then regenerated into uh, Eccleston. Well, sort of regenerated into Eccleston. I don't know. He basically went to the end of the the time that he was in anywhere, and yeah, it it's a whole fucking mess. But basically, the end of Engines of War, the the novel, ends where the. Uh, 50th anniversary starts so kind of like it's like a prelude in a way it's not necessary to read it but it, it's a good book it's a bit dark at times there's a lot more graphic violence than i, I think is okay for doctor who but yeah um so fine uh, just before we continue because that was a hell of a tangent <laughs> it was a fucking tangent i'm really good at the <laughs> so one of the downsides is Smith sometimes flirted too much with cheesy or zany themes, and this lost the show for a lot of viewers, making the show feel too distant from its darker roots of Eccleston, and obviously it was a tough decision for the producers to make and Steve Moffat to make, but it lost people. Uh, obviously they w wanted to make the show more friendly to new audiences, and they definitely... I noticed um, a lot of the locations were Americanized. Uh, there was a diner, there was um, the White House, they showed Nixon and all that. Um, for the sole purpose, that was the time that America got the um, doc the new Doctor Who uh, on their terrestrial TVs. Yeah, we're paying for their, be their uh, ability to view the show without TV license. Paying for another country to view our shows. Uh... <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> It's brilliant. So yeah, um, overall from classic era to uh, to Smith, I think it was a hell of a run. Um, obviously, it, it's completely different in terms of tone and everything like that. There was very few connecting points between them, apart from kind of tangential loose ones. And like it just... Some of them felt very distant from the, the core of Doctor Who. We've not even talked about most of the companions. Clara it was a thing. She was good, and then she wasn't. And then she she got Deus Ex Machina out of the oh, well, story. Oh, she became a Time Lord as well. Remember? Oh, yeah. Effectively became a fucking Time Lord. She has her own TARDIS and everything. That's the diner. Oh, God. Fuck's sake. <laughs> if you remember she flew away with uh, Missy Williams the immortal girl which never went anywhere 
they said that they were going to do some kind of offshoot thing, but right now, uh, I'm not going to get too much into that, but I'm going to talk about that a little bit in the next one, because there's some interesting shit I can talk about with what the BBC is currently doing in the Doctor Who IP, and uh, it's not good. It's really not fucking good. Like, it's kind of ugly as fuck. I'll say a little, a little bit about it. I won't say too much, but one of the things that the BBC is doing with it is inverting itself, basically inverting back on itself. And uh, you know, say for example, the uh, the group of uh, three, the the green woman, the fucking potato boy, and the fucking lesbian. <laughs> I can't remember what they're called. Sansar and the 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 lizard woman yeah. and the lesbian who flirts with the doctor despite being a lesbian yeah the bad lesbian she, the doctor who's full of bad lesbians um, but like the, those three I can't remember what they, the group name was called but they made an inverse version of that where it was two gay guys and they one guy was gay with the fucking Suntaran and there was some lasses on her own I, d I don't care I really fucking don't care <laughs> uh, yeah I think they actually made um like um, I I remember hearing about this, and they made the um, the Santaran, the evil Santaran, a commie. Yeah. Whereas, whereas Thrak isn't a commie. He's he's capitalism. It's good. <laughs> yeah, fuck's sake. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the kind of thing we're gonna talk about in the next one. I keep bumping my mic. Goddamn! I hope it doesn't fucking show up. But yeah, uh, I think there will definitely be a part two at some point. Um, probably not next week. Probably maybe the week after or something like that. Yeah, we need we need to get uh, the old barkeep here uh, rather drunk before he can <laughs> release all the emotions that are welled up inside him from Whittaker. Yeah, we we definitely need uh, we need all three of us here, but. Yeah, that that was the that was the first episode. Let us know what you thought about the format. Uh, thank you, the Pantsless Knight, for for being here. Uh, first time I've ever been thanked. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, thank you to Warhead for for telling us about your. Oh, thanks, dude. Really nice. Um, if I could read it too, then I'd I'd also say thanks. <laughs> uh, I think it was pretty good. He said. Obviously, we're we're a little bit rusty, obviously, because this is the first episode. Everyone's fucking rusty on the first episode, but practice makes less shit. <laughs> no one likes community or Parks and Rec or any comedy on the first season. Let's be honest. Yeah. So we got we got a lot of uh, we got a lot of ground to cover. I think um, some of the other episodes we're going to talk about Star Wars. Fuck, man, we got to get everybody free for that one. Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars is rough ground. <laughs> to say the very least. Fuck. Yeah, dude, exactly. Look Practice makes perfect. Boy. Hmm? Look how they massacred our boy. Like, and it revives and it dies slightly and then they fire Gina Carano. It's like, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, we're going to save that for the next one. Yeah. Oh, the next. Yeah, the next, next one. We are live. Wait, wow.
<laughs> he said that literally as I said we're live. Yeah, this this is never ever gonna start, right? No, it's never gonna start, right? Um, where the fuck is it? Right, I don't even know where the background image is gone. It's fucking gone walkabouts. Um, just put a picture of Joshua. It's fine. Wow. That was a lovely voice crack. Fuck happened. We don't even start. Alright, anyway, hello guys. Hello Cass specifically. Welcome to the Mossy pa the Mossy Tavern Podcast. Oh that fucking start, that was it just it gets worse and worse every fucking time. Like we never have a good start. I I am your host, um, the fucking uh, social retard. Um, this is our co-host, Bedamish, and this is our other co-host, the pantsless knife, who uh, doxed our other co-host, and uh, yeah, he doxed him through voice cracks, so it's fine. It's fine. He doxed a dead man. Yeah. Who I will soon be a dead man for doxing. So don't worry about that. <laughs> Do you want to go in that swing? You doxed a 14 year old, how do you feel? Um, so this is a Wendy's. Right. You guys are a bit loud. Oh no. Is it all of us or is it just the, the peasants? Uh, the ones that don't really count. That's what you get. Don't count. Oh, the other guys. Okay. Uh, speak. Speak. I yeah. am not a dog. He's not a dog. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Fucking hell, we have a lot to cover. Uh, right. Let me get my notes. Let me get my notes. So, we left off... Uh, it's good now. Good, good, good. Right. Um, so, we left off, and we were talking about the absolute fucking state of Doctor Who, and how it went completely downhill, and then we stopped. Um, we stopped at Capaldi. For both our healths. For both of our healths, yeah. Um, okay, uh, so let's actually go back to uh, go back to Capaldi and talk about the upsides and the downsides of of him. So I'm going to go over my notes first. Um, so the upsides is that we had an amazing performance by Peter Capaldi. He's a very iconic Doctor for the first two seasons that he had. There was an okay lineup of monsters up until the episode, the pilot in series 10. I literally had to go through and look at where it all went wrong. <laughs> um, the show started off with good intentions and it was a very positive experience. It was a lot more like the previous, um, the previous episodes of Doctor Who from, I think it was Matt Smith's era. And a little bit of Tenant, but also it had its own like kind of flair. Uh, the new take on the Master, Missy, was seen as widely popular, not because of any quote-unquote woke reasons, but because the actress was so good in the role. I personally like Missy. What do you guys think of Missy? She's Scottish. Why, like that she is. That she is, lad. No, Missy was just refreshing. It was something different, and it worked well. Yeah, well, right. they they always had like a, a well, 
a, a gay undertone, and the BBC um, won't show that, even though they will show it, but not in Doctor Who. Uh, so, like, having them flirt at each other, it, it was kind of, uh, okay, it was new. Yeah. Well, I think it's more the fact that just Michelle Gomez worked so well with Peter Capaldi. Like, I don't think Missy could have worked that well with him, Matt Smith or David Tennant. Hmm. Um, yeah, it was it was very much so... I'm trying to get the fucking image up. Where is it? It was like very... Oh, we got images now. Wow. Yeah. We fancy. Well, no, I'm trying to get the default image up. So it's not like a black screen. So we look like we're not playing. Oh, there we go. Oh. Okay. Beautiful. Can I make that spin? That's more Doctor Who-y. Oh. Ooh. Look. We, we can do back sounds like in, the TARDIS. Yeah, you have to do the you have to do the TARDIS sounds. <laughs> Go on, Thomas, you do the wheezing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the TARDIS I remember. Asthmatic wheezing intensifies. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think, uh, I think, <laughs> oh, fucking... uh, Missy was, uh, yeah, she was very good as a character. She was quite refreshing and like, obviously some people might not like her. Um, I, I kind of see why, but, uh, yeah, she was really good. Um, Hellbent and Heaven Sent were two of the most truly amazing episodes that have been produced in the Revival series, in my view. Um... I think it was uh, Hellbent was... No, no, it might have been Heaven Sent, one of the two. Uh, one of them was very was based on a really tough topic that isn't really covered by anything other than, you know, serial dramas. And it was done in a really intelligent and sensitive way, which was um, grief. It actually talked about the pain of grief and the stages of grief and recovery and that kind of thing. And I just think those two episodes were brilliant and they're still hold up today and i think will always hold up as just almost like a microcosm of episodes there was a little bit of wokeness in it with the black lady uh the the black time lord being all oh it's so refreshing to be a woman now <laughs> see it is, it is also implied though that that time lord was a woman before she became the general that we met. Yeah, it was because she was like, "Oh, it's the only time that I've ever been a man." But it's like it's just so out of place. Uh, I don't think would... it, it's like when you look back at some of the uh, River Song episodes. Uh, she has loads of unnecessary war comments for no reason. You're just like, "Okay, River Song, but you're not a war character. You're literally a wife." Like, can we also point out the fact that the Doctor straight up killed that person? Because each regeneration is still killing them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the doctor doesn't kill, except when he does often. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't mind that. It was just, they were only doing it that way, like showing a gender reverse just so they can go into the 13th doctor and be like, look, we know Time Lords can change gender. But we yeah. already had Missy at that point. <laughs> I think they just wanted to reinforce it. That's the main thing. Mm. Yeah, true. Like, the master isn't just a one-off because the master's had like three or four different forms now anyway and has been several people in the old canon as well so yeah, has like... possessed bodies has possessed uh species yeah. has created bodies as we saw in the uh is it john sim era i think uh, it's i think so yeah. i think yeah 
Um, so I'm going to put before I get to the downsides and before we get to your, your guys' uh, comments, I've put as well, um, despite the downsides, I have to emphasize that I love this. I love this Doctor. I love this series up until season uh, series 10 because series 10 was where it all started to go downhill and most of the downsides are, are about season 10. <laughs> So what do you guys think of uh, the upsides of uh, Capaldi? Peter Capaldi is just a good actor with yeah. a genuine love for the role. That's what made him so good. He was Shakespearean, oh, wasn't he? Well, so was David Tennant. Yeah. And Eccleston. And oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, but um, those monologues as well, like tapping in, the fact that he tapped into it, like the bootstrap uh, monologue, that mm. was really good. Um, it's a shame that they didn't allow him, the only doctor that can play an instrument, to, well, famous for playing an instrument, to not play on the guitar. Yeah. Well, they did have a little bit, but obviously they edited, edited out his playing of the guitar for dubbed in bullshit. It's it's you know, whatever. Also, um, with Missy, uh, one of the best episodes I think with Missy was when she met um Harold Saxon version. Like yeah. the chemistry that the two had was amazing. Like um, Missy's act actress is probably um, like genuinely one of the better Doctor Who actresses we've had. Yeah, she's um the the only problem that I have like obviously that with that episode that's the probably the second last episode of Capaldi. Um, as far uh, as I remember. It's turned into a Mondas. Yeah. Um, we're actually going to get on that very quickly. <laughs> but... Um, <Yeah>. Companion. <laughs> yes. But, um, yeah, like, basically they had a really good, like, uh, relationship. And the Doctor and uh, Missy had a really good relationship as well. Like, a really good dynamic. And... I really love it like it, it was a fantastic part it's just everything after that yeah oh that one episode where the tardis is shrinking is a great episode uh mind you it was put in you know where they're washing off graffiti yeah that's a great episode despite the fact that like it's mostly clara even though she it was a great companion at first like yeah. i quite liked the reoccurring overplayed towards the end i think on that note we'll get We'll get to the downsides. Uh, do you yeah, guys have anything else to, to say about um, the upsides? Uh, it was it was actually really good to have an older Doctor. <laughs> like, we hadn't seen her for a while. Uh, we were on a downward trend of age. Like, uh, Eccleston and then Tennant was younger than Eccleston and Matt Smith is the youngest Doctor we've had. To have one of the oldest Doctors we've ever had. And him being a curmudgeon old uh, grump is actually kind of uh, funny, especially when he does things like ride in uh, playing a guitar on a uh, on a tank in the Tudor age. <laughs> yeah. In the Middle Ages. <laughs> um, yep, so we will get on to the downsides. The show turned insanely woke from season 10 onwards. Um, it was following the BBC's change to the Diversity and Inclusion Initiative, uh, thankfully, we actually have a name for the actual thing that fucked it up. Um, and the adoption of it meant that, well, basically, uh, 
we got one of the worst characters in Doctor Who history, which is Bill Potts. To be fair, her first episode was pretty good, where like she had the joke about uh, filling up a, a lass with chips before she could even uh, ask her out. <laughs> that was a pretty good uh, first episode. Was the rest that was pretty terrible. Yeah, because she only needed to mention that she was a lesbian once, not every single episode. Yeah. There's no need to, to for them to constantly bring it up. And also, the foreshadowing was so fucking heavy. Like, I, I, I was kind of always watching the episode and I and you know um, when it got to certain parts within Bill Potts run and it would bring up like the the water shit the water shit that was also fuel apparently the the first woman the AI of the ship yeah the first woman that Bill had met outside of the uh, chips lady so you're like yeah that's that's lesbian bit right there yeah and she's like come into me poodle and you're like um no thanks I don't want to watch You'll that. You'll fit right in in my puddle. Downside less episode. Uh, downside less episode to later season. Thank you for that lazy throne, Rex. I don't know. What, what do you mean? It means, like, you know, coming into the last two seasons, we've had less episodes per season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, the budgeting things. Yeah, the budget. The, the budgeting went into more money per episode, which was good, but the writing was trash. Yeah, they blew their load uh, in uh, Whitaker's era very, very quickly. We have so much to talk about with Whitaker. Oh my god, we need so to get much. through this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, ne that brings us on to the next point. Holy shit, did the show take a huge downturn as well with the Lesbian Tears. <laughs> lesbian Tears episode. The very last oh. episode where the Doctor dies completely, heart stopped. Well, hearts stopped. And then a lesbian cries on his face and heals him. And then they very heavily hint that he's going to become Whitaker. <clears throat> oh. I remember, it's a dead lesbian. Dead that lesbian. isn't actually there. Dead, les dead, they... dead holographic lesbian. <laughs> Didn't they also um, do the whole uh, last from Game of Thrones thing? Where Maisie Williams, where like... Mm. She went off with Clara, and it's like implied that they're in a TARDIS lesbian offing each other. Um, yeah, and there well, was it, all it's more just implied that they go off together because Clara's got unlimited life now until she decides to go back to Gallifrey and die. Uh, as well, like it, they were supposed to make that into a spin off, and then the budget was already shrinking by that point, and they just didn't. So, um, Whenever I don't think many people would have watched it anyway, to be fair. No, I fucking wouldn't have watched it. Nothing. The best spin off by far, or maybe the two best, is Torchwood and um, fucking what's it called? Sarah Jane Adventures. Adventures. Yeah. Um, budget was Let's a bit. Class. No, no, we don't mention class. Ever. In fact, we didn't mention class. <laughs> I just wanted to bring it up so everyone knew how shit it was. Yeah, I, already, I think I already did a, an episode on the Unquiet Contention channel about that. Um, fuck, I hate that fucking. Oh, let's not even get into it. Let's. Yeah. Um. So basically, I've got as another point, like the formula they completely changed it, and again, it was just far too fucking woke. Like it just felt like it was oozing with it, and like it was a different show. Um, there was huge violation of like violations of canons, uh, violation of canon. Wow, holy shit! Can't speak. 
turning the Cybermen into an evolutionary line was a cool concept, but in practice, it meant that so long as one cyber unit existed, there would they would always advance to the current Cybermen, which kind of goes against canon completely. And they turned Daleks into weird evolutionary mutants. I don't know if you remember that, where they turned them into like the spider creatures. And ever since then, they've looked like spider creatures. Um, like when they're out the casing, they crawl around like fucking spiders. Like that wasn't a badly thing. made, badly made spider creatures. Badly made spider creatures, yeah. Um, and they made sure that the mutants could survive outside of the shell without ever explaining it. They were just like, "Oh yeah, spiders creepy." So yeah. Spider Daleks. Ooh, that's so scary. It's like, ugh. okay, guys. I, I wonder if they ever fixed like the thing where if a human touches them, they're mutated into humans, like the <laughs> Rose Tyler. Yeah, like, what if somebody just walks up to it and like goes, "Ooh, that's weird," and then they just fucking fuse with them, like, ugh. Um, but yeah, I would say as well, Moffat seriously fucked over Capaldi with the story tone changes, and by the end, found a solid introduction. And a, you know, middle kind of, the middle of the series episodes into, well, pathetic and sloppy and hollow, and basically t made his direction go down the path of a very, uh, I would say, a very pathetic, sad puppy kind of character from what he was before, which was, I would say, like, an angry god, in a way, or a god that is trying to effectively kind of fix um the mistakes that he's made you might also count uh the whole nardole thing as maybe a negative or a positive that he got very mixed results yeah um these are just like obviously these are just very general sweeping views of the show but the this is basically the key criticisms that we've got uh that i've got of it uh we will have to go back and like go into all of these individually because there's a, a lot to go into but yeah, from this one, we have um, Moffat laid the politics on too heavily from Series 10. So, overall, fantastic start, in my view, anyway. Uh, well, you can just tell that by Season 10, he was completely running out of ideas. Yeah. Like, he well, was starting the... to just make random things up as you go along, like the smiling robots. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, that's the thing, though. Like, uh, Moffat, I've always said... Is great at beginnings. Like he gave us some of the best episodes, like the Weeping Angels and that. But yeah. the more that he adds on to it, it's like it's making it worse and worse. I mean, I'm I'm seeing scary similarities between Moffat and Abrams, really good at beginnings, and Chibnall and uh, Ryan Johnson, really shit at everything. <laughs> Well, to be fair, with, with JJ, like he said himself, it was like opening up. Uh, he left like little uh, loot boxes for people to open up. But yeah. then, like Ryan Johnson came along and opened them all up and not <laughs> left anything for anyone else. And then went right and for... opened them. Yeah, uh, we'll save like, that it, for the. Was it reported that he gave him a big folder full of like ideas? Like, look, here's like my layout, and he just went, "Nah, fuck this." Yeah, we'll we'll have to go into that in the in the yeah. Doctor Who, uh, in the Star Trek ep Star Wars episode. God, no Star Trek episode. We're doing that. That's it. Yeah, we're talking about the Jedi's in the Star Trek episode. That'll really peeve yeah. people off. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Whitaker. 
<laughs> Let me just down this whiskey first, and then we'll get to it. Yep. Um, Graham, that's literally it. That, that's my notes. Graham, that's literally it. Graham was a really good companion. He could have made a really good doctor too, potentially. Really could have. Um, <laughs> but as well as my second note, I'm not even joking. That's literally there's literally nothing else for this. So. The music well, a lot was of good. When Bradley Walsh was like named as being in Doctor Who, thought he was going to be the Doctor. Yeah. Um, the music was okay. The, I don't know if you noticed in the second season of Whitaker, it just went downhill completely. Yeah. Terrible. Synth I mean, well, when we talk about uh, Doctor Who, like you said, we've we've came across some themes of like it t being taken too far, and uh, in later seasons, it's suddenly becoming shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, at least it's on point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, downsides, uh, we're not right. We're gonna do the downsides and then we're gonna do an, like a brief episode by episode kind of breakdown, not too long, but the worst episodes that we've we found. We're, I'm gonna have the uh, episode list up in a second. Uh, I'll do that after the downsides. So, okay, piss poor acting from Whitaker. <laughs> what are you talking about, fam? <laughs> I wouldn't say piss poor. Um, but I would say really shit. She's been in other things and she was really good. Yeah, like, like, I don't know why this was her bad. She was Attack the Block and that was really good. An actor is Plus only as good as. Yeah, an actor is only as good as their director. But that's also the thing. Chibbers did Whitechapel. <laughs> so <laughs> it was exactly the same two people yeah. on a different thing. I mean, Doctor Who and Whitechapel are two very different things. Oh, I know, but I, I, I was, I just meant like, you would think that they know how to get the best out of each other by that point. Yeah. I mean, you can't make a good writer better, and you can't make a better writer better. Yeah. Like, you're gonna be in your lane, and you are just gonna know, right? I can write this. Chibnall cannot fucking write. No, he's um, he's uh, I think we we talked about this on, uh, like. You know, separately from this, um, he basically is the shit ideas, shit jokes guy. The guy who says, okay, well, this episode's a bit dark, like maybe we can add a few jokes in it. And then he gives some shit jokes, and then, because that's all Whitaker's seasons are shit jokes. I got these glasses off of Gandhi. Yeah, exactly. That's a perfect example. Or like, ooh, I got this from insert character name here, and it's like, that's not, it's not funny. Like, oh look, I've got the fez. It's like, okay, that's nice. Good to see you calling back to the uh, other doctors, but you know, I don't care. That's not all we need. Better doctors. Better doctors. Far fucking better doctors. Uh, so we've got as well the fact that the um, episodes were written by subpar writers, uh, terrible soap opera writers. Right. <laughs> Well, let's be fair, though. Probably the best episode of the entire series, Eleven, was written by a writer for Coronation Street. <laughs> yep. If you don't know Which Coronation does, Street... say everything. Coronation Street uh, in the UK is a bo basically bottom-of-the-barrel uh, mom show. Uh, Big decky uh, EastEnders. Yeah. Uh, it's basically just the, the most benign 
kind of well not really benign that's the wrong word for it but uh asinine that's the word um shit evening tv for middle-aged people yeah for people to forget the fact that there's nothing else to do um or to eat you know have jam and scones or whatever the fuck they do i don't know hey, uh, play jam and scones alone <laughs> i love jam they and do scones. They, they do what uh, eastenders does and like they base it around like a pub and then, like, every now and then a fight happens. Yeah. Well, it's supposed to be based around, like, everyday life of real people. But then it's, you know, it's a drama. They have to ham something up every now and again. I mean, there's nowhere near enough masturbation to be my life, to be honest. I mean, i got to be honest. Ooh, Doctor Who! bun dun dun bun dun, dun Uh, yeah, that's just... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we have to do that every now and then. I was just doing the TARDIS. Uh, but yeah, uh, Whitaker, she was terrible, right? Yeah. Uh, we're not, we're not she even... could have been better with a good writer. We're not even thing. done with the list. <laughs> um, I hope Trump, uh, Trump stand in that hates Trump is on that list. Yeah. Uh, so we have over-the-top themes such as transgenderism, sexuality, white guilt, building insanity, basically. Um just some of the worst politicization ever of any Doctor Who episode. Like, Doctor Who's always been sort of political, but not really in so much as it's been, like, this political. It's just, it, it was disgusting. Like, they had episodes where, like, a guy gave birth or something. I, I... Yeah. <laughs> that was the one with the mighty pating. Yeah. 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 Um, it forgot the show's, uh, call it forgot to be pure good entertainment not some politically correct toe the line bullshit uh chibnall's decisions pretty much exclusively killed the show and now of course we move to the thing that actually full-blown killed the show the timeless child oh good my 60 years of history oh god the biggest canon violation in the franchise's history and I'm pretty much going to bet on that. Um, but holy crap, we got to discuss this. <laughs> the, the Timeless Child was like spitting in the face of every fan that's ever loved the show and giving them some subpar explanation to something nobody asked for the answer of. We didn't ever ask where the Doctor came from, whether the Doctor was a Time Lord, whether the Time Lords were legitimate. We didn't ask for any of that. We didn't remotely... You know, it just it pisses me off to, to no end. Like, basically, what they did was they said that the Doctor... Like, the Time Lords weren't a thing. The Time Lords were created by ex basically torturing the, a little child, a little black girl. You mean the loving experiments that the Traveller did, yeah, as described in the episode. Yeah, the loving experiments. Um, oh, God. I can't even talk about it. <laughs> Do you guys want to talk about it? <laughs> I really don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I'll put it this way. It's like if somebody said, uh, I don't know, a favorite character in a, a TV show was never who they were. It was just never there. Just never there. Yeah. And uh, the first Doctor wasn't the first Doctor anymore. Like the It's it's kind minutes. of like saying like Poirot. You remember Poirot? Oh, yeah, no, he's not a he's not a not a, de a detective. Yeah, he was an ice cream salesman this entire time. 
Yeah, it was all uh, schizophrenic uh, daydream. He was actually selling ice cream in the modern day. <laughs> Ugh, I hate it. All right, we're moving on. We're moving on. I can't. Um, so Chibnall seems to show an active hatred towards the audience, and that never looks good. Um, he's literally has put stuff in the show that he's heard from the market research that people hate. And he did that to piss off, you know, I don't know, the Nazis, the right, whatever shit he wants to say. Um, and I've put as well, some of the stories not only violate canon, but actually push things towards a point where they're, they actively perpetuate misconceptions about history in real life. Like the Rosa Parks story, outright lying about how Rosa Parks, you know, how the story went, um, and teaching an inaccurate version of it while trying to say, oh, we're not entertainment, uh, or we're not only entertainment, we are, we are history effectively because it's on the BBC. So, and that pushed political division, that made people angry, that made people really seriously vitriolic about the show uh, and uh, about things in general like it divided the fan base and that was in the first season of Whitaker. and then i put as well as a final point the show is very very close to being cancelled once again due to um minuscule viewing figures often dipping to sub one million views fuck that's that's all my notes on that wasn't the Rosa Parks thing literally the third episode? Second, I think. I think so. I'll get the episode list up now. I think it was. Was it series... Series 1. 11. Series 1, that was not season. Ah, I thought we meant of Whittaker. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was... The woman... <laughs> okay, I've got the episode list up. Do you want me to the send woman this who sat in the Discord? Down. Do you want me to send this in the Discord so you can uh, have a look too? Okay, I'm sending it in the Discord. There you go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I just remembered the plot. Oh no. I just remembered the plot of the first episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the ghost monument thing that like resolved itself within five minutes. Yeah. That could have been such a good premise for a whole series as well. The Doctor without the TARDIS. Oh, uh, that was literally uh, John Pertwee's uh, entire thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, we know it can work. So, um, we're gonna we're gonna go over the very first episode very quickly, so Ryan Sinclair, a warehouse packer with dyspraxia, comes across strange lights and interacts with them, causing a blue pod to appear. You know, be... I know a Ryan that sounds exactly like that. <laughs> Ryan... Can we also mention dispra his dyspraxia never ever pretty much comes up ever again? Yeah, it never does. I think he comes up like maybe two or three times throughout the season. And I think one of them is he can't climb a ladder. Yeah. No, he, 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 it's not that he can't climb a ladder because they cut to him like at the top. Well, yeah. It's, it's, he's too it, scared to climb the ladder. Yeah, which they could have like at least made like a thing out of instead of just cutting to the top. Yep, everyone's fine. We've climbed the ladder. Don't worry about it. Oh god. Yeah, we're not. I'm, I don't want to go into the first episode anymore because I just remembered it. 
Oh, this is the guy with the teeth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm the, uh... You. I'm a teeth. Woo. The first guy called Tim Shaw. Or Tim... Good old to, Tim. To Zim Shaw, and then they, they immediately, like, degrade him by calling him Tim Shaw, like he's some guy from down the fucking pub. It's it's literally like uh, when you're playing D and D and accidentally your DM comes with up with something like a little too close to a swear word, so that NPC is now forever asshole. <laughs> um, yeah. So first episode was fucking dog shit. Basically, don't watch it. I don't no, watch any Nan of this. Is Nan di did die to a crane? Yeah, his, his Nana yeah the best is, character in the episode. Is Nana fell off the uh, crane? Yeah. The see the. The thing is, as well, though, 10.96 million UK viewers tuned in to watch that live. 10.96 million people were very disappointed. Very disappointed. Yeah, but come on, it's it's a spectacle. There's always, like, the yeah. first episode to see how it is, and then the rest of the episodes, just, just nothing. Just the viewing figures, watching them drop so drastically I towards know. the final this, episode. This is actually is a really good way of, It's a really good way of laying it out. I like that. Um, 10.969, 8 8.41, 8.22, 7.76. Oh, it just goes down. It just... Oh, it gets better. Like, look at season 12. The first episode only started at 6.89 million. Yeah. That's only sure. just slightly more than the last episode of the prior season. Uh, yes, and then I... by the end of that season... Mm. On the Timeless Children, 4.96. That's too sorry. many people to disappoint with that storyline. <laughs> I should probably say as well, when I said that they get sub 1 million, I meant live viewers. Um, sub 1 million live viewers is absolutely abysmal for a mainline BBC show, even if it has been moved back in position. It's just shocking. like uh, Because obviously what they do now, we were talking about this a little bit better, Mish. Um is they don't give you the live viewing statistics. They give you um, correlated or collected uh, viewers. Consolidated, well, that's you, it. Yeah, they give you your millions per viewer for the night and then your weekly view. And that's how they manipulate the uh, executives to say that it's worth it because they, they basically just say, look, we've not got the views real time. But we've got we're getting the views from catching uh, catch up services and streaming services and that kind of thing. That's another thing they've had to do. They've had to add a twenty eight day viewing bigger figure as well. Yeah. Oh no, but that's just to accommodate for those people who get late at work and haven't seen it. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. <laughs> it's really sad that they have to do that. It's like no one wants to watch it when it comes out. So like, oh well, we'll add consolidated. It'll be over the week, and it'll also have all of the viewers from BBC iPlayer, I think, as well. Yeah. In case, like, they've done that. But and also... the um, and the services over in the US as well. They added that in as well on the UK figures. Yep, we, yeah. pay, we pay for the US to watch Doctor Who. That's one of the most disgusting things that I, uh, that I know as well. They have to just watch an advert to, like, kind of pad out the uh, the streaming costs a bit. But yeah, we pay for the, the Americans to watch Doctor Who. You're welcome. Now you get to watch the dog shit that we fucking don't. <laughs> like, just, just take it. Just take it. We don't want it. Okay. 
That's for chucking all that tea into the river, you, you sons of guns. Yeah, you fucking threw the tea in our river. <laughs> well, in your own river, actually. Um, yeah, you threw the tea in your river. Well, as a revenge, we give you Doctor Who uh, series fucking 11 to 12 to 13 to whatever the fuck. Okay, the Rosa episode, I don't want to get into because it's like, it's gross. I love how there was a time traveling uh, racist who can't kill people. That was my favorite part. Yeah, they like, and the tone of the episode was all over the fucking place. But wasn't there just massive historical inaccuracies as well? Dude, she was like, she was written as the first woman to protest on a bus, like first black woman to protest on a bus for civil rights. She was like the fiftieth. Like, that's just not right. That's not accurate historically. Like, she was like really, really lit, and like. Well, also, she didn't know Martin Luther King Jr., did she? She never met him. Yeah, but in this episode, they decided to have them meet in a little secret club. Yeah. I think I've discussed this before, but, like, um, one of the cool things that they could have done since it's a British show, they could have showed our version of that. Uh, yeah. We had our stint against the bus companies uh, for doing such a thing. Uh, and we could have shown that instead of, like, Rosa Parks to appeal to the Americans. Yeah, they had to actually go to America as well to do that episode. Um, I think, from what I remember, that's well, I'm, just. I'm pretty sure thing. that they didn't actually record a lot of the series in the UK. They did a lot of moving around for it. This is where most of the budget goes. That they, they want to ship ship themselves off to all these areas. Like they don't want to build sets anymore. They just go places. Yeah, when they were in Osaka, Japan, for the um, the New Year's episode, oh, yeah, it looked just... like we uh, Wales. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was just Cardiff, wasn't it? Like, they went outside to the back of the BBC lot or something. Yeah, they, they <laughs> oh, really? literally did. Like, they, they had an English pub on on the side as Japanese-looking people were running past. Is he, is he serious about that? Yeah, we're actually serious. <laughs> they, it was literally in Cardiff. Oh, that's fucking beautiful. They, I'm He's pretty sure it's like the it's BBC, the BBC car Gardens or something. <laughs> All right, yeah, we should probably move on to Arachnids in the UK. That was a fucking shit show. God no. <laughs> Pantsless Knight has his objections. That moment that she it throws all the spiders into the uh, the locked safe to suffocate them to death. But was angry at non-Trump for shooting one of them because it's inhumane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this is an episode where uh, all of the rubbish that was uh, underneath a luxury hotel. Uh, not Trump Towers. Not Trump Towers. Definitely not Trump Towers. Uh, in fact, he specifically says this Trump allegory um, that he isn't Trump and he hates Trump. We okay. Nice. Um... Like, oh, I hate that guy or whatever. He makes like some passing comment. I don't, I don't understand. Um, yeah, basically the spiders get supersized because of industrial waste or like uh, scientific waste that was buried under a luxury hotel uh, under not Trump Towers. And that the uh, same company that was dumping it. Owned. Yeah, exactly. Um, pretty sure you can't do that, <laughs> but. Yeah, then uh, basically the episode kind of caps off with the spiders becoming giant, start eating people, wrapping people up and shit. Uh, Spider things. Yeah. Very B-Tech, eight-legged freaks. Yeah. And then essentially 
the doctor's like, let's suffocate them to death. That's the more humane thing to do. And like the Trump allegory is like, hey, we should probably just shoot them. She's like, guns are bad. Don't shoot them. All right. All of which comes after she says that she wants to get them in the TARDIS to take them to a new planet. Yeah. And she, then afterwards she decides, fuck it, we're suffocating them to death. Invasive species are still a terrible thing as well, guys. You know that. Yep. You can't just drop a bunch of giant spiders on an unsuspecting planet. <laughs> we are the peace-loving people. Oh, shit. Giant spiders, what the fuck? Are these gods? Fucking starts eating everyone. Um, right. I'm not talking about the Tsurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgurgur
But you get out your machete just like, right, it's time to pop these baboos. 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 And the funniest part of all that entire episode, though, is just Graham standing on the mop bucket asleep against the fucking mop. <laughs> oh, do you remember where they killed the guy? Like, they made all of the robots, like, open the bull wrap. Oh, and the, yeah. the white the last one. Like, the last one. Away. Yeah. yeah. Uh, basically, an innocent guy who was trying to start a like, kind of a rebellion, not even a socialist rebellion, like, a, a rebellion against, like, bad Literally working conditions. Literally just doing it for love as well. Yeah, like, they they killed him, and the doctor's like, this is good, I like this. It's like, it's like yep, terrorist dead. It's just fucking stupid, just whole fuck. Like, this, this is where the doctor's fucking morality gets seriously questionable, like, I've not even watched The Witchfinder, so I'll let you, uh, I'll let you guys talk about it, because the next one is going to need oh. some fucking prep. That one was confusing. It was also one of the better episodes, because it wasn't written by Chibnall. Yeah, um, the uh, the suits looked good. Mind you, Yaz was useless, despite being a police officer. Yaz is the most useless companion. Yeah. The only one that's left as well, so <laughs> that's hilarious. Heavy rumours that like, she's going to les off with the Doctor. We already know as well, like, how bad it can be when you have a companion for more than two series. Yeah, and especially considering she has all of the uh, characteristics of... Uh, well, a is it teaspoon. Yeah, a teaspoon. Um... Like, Ryan wasn't too interesting. Like, yeah, he was Ryan. just like, oh. He was a sniper because he played uh, Call of Duty, though, that one episode where, yeah, like, he shot he a load of sniper Like, Graham was the best character. Yeah. Like, I think Ryan was good. Be sorry, I think Ryan was only good because he was related to Graham. Like, he had a lot of scenes with Graham. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. But, um, yeah, there's heavy rumours about he has, uh, has getting with the Doctor. I could not give two fucks. I really couldn't. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, At this point, no. Neither do I. Oh, um, Alan, uh, Alan Cummings was in that episode. Or whatever. The King George? Yeah. That was the best performance of the entire season. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hmm. Wait a minute. I mean, the, the whole premise of that episode is basically, like, women can do whatever they want. Women can be queens too, guys. That fucking which is being weird. Hold on. Right, anyway, so what's the ep next episode? Next episode is It takes you away. I don't I don't even feel comfortable talking about that. I one. don't even remember that episode. What was I... it about? Yeah, the, what was it? The frogs. Oh god. Oh the the frog universe. The, frog <laughs> the universe. blind girl that finds frog universe. Let's Love get it. this let's get this right. It was a frog cancer universe. Oh, yeah, and from the beginning of time, <laughs> and the one scene where the doctor berates a mentally um, distraught person who tried to get away from his life yeah. by uh, getting by leaving into a new his universe. blind daughter alone in a cabin in the woods. So, yeah, but he wore a wore a sleigh shirt, so it's fine. Oh. So what it is is effectively uh, the doctor lands on like in I don't know Norway, I think it Norway, is. Huh? It was Sweden. Yeah. It says Norway here. It definitely oh, was Norway. it? Oh, I got Sweden on the mind. But yeah, nowhere. Sweden, no mama. Um, it would explain the um, Slayer shirt. Yeah, so uh, they they landed nowhere. Um, hear some weird noises. They're like, "Ooh, what's that noise? Ooh, I'm an investigate to find loads of speakers round, like dotted around the place." Uh, and bed traps. 
bear trap. Yeah, fucking bear traps. He has a blind daughter. He just left no. the bear traps everywhere. Well, well, that's the whole point, though. He set all that up to keep his daughter in the house. Yeah, bear traps. <laughs> and told her there's animals out there. It's like, so he basically he rigged that he fucking home alone the house. Um, and the surrounding woods. And the surrounding against woods. Against his blind daughter. Yeah. Against his blind daughter. Um, Just so he could fuck off to another universe and be with his dead wife. Yeah, so he found a universe that basically gives you everything that you want, sort of, ish. But the longer you spend in it, the more you're drawn to it. And also, the longer you spend in it, the closer it gets to our universe, I think. I think that was a, a premise. It was trying to, like... It's weird. It's trying to leech itself into our universe, and if it ever did reach our universe and like joined with the two, it was the unstable element at the beginning of of the universe. It was the basically it was like when matter meets antimatter, but not. Um, it was sort of like a part that you literally couldn't have those our universe and that universe touch, otherwise, boom, boom, yeah. Like a negative Big Bang, like everything would just kind of just disintegrate and just not create anything, just gone. Um, what the hell was up with like the non sequitur of them like going through the things? You know, with the the blood moths or whatever they were. Yeah, uh, that was the that was the tumorous skull. Um, no, I, I know that, but like, was it really needed for the episode? Probably. Uh, oh, it, it was definitely needed. Yeah. Always needed. Bearing in mind, Vedamish is pro goal. Hey, not wrong with a bit of goal. I, I doubled that. That's pretty good. But, like, it was just, like, kind of unnecessary levels of, like, just strange, in my view, that part. Uh, just didn't need to be in the episode. Then again, the fucking whole season didn't need to be in the buddy series, did it? Why did she flirt with the universe? I don't get it. Yeah, she flirted she, with the anti-zone, as it was called. She meets it and she's like, you are gorgeous. You are beautiful. I'm a tongue. You. It's like, that's a frog, love. On a chair. That's a fucking frog. Well, like, if you think about it as well, so the whole, like, where she gets around it and manages to, like, get it to stop mm -hmm. is by giving her all of her experience of traveling the universe because it wanted to see our universe. Yeah. She hasn't seen it all. Right. Did she no, just pirate just... our universe? <laughs> no, but no. So here, here's the thing, though. So she gives her experience of traveling the universe mm -hmm. to the Solar Act to show, like, to show it our universe without it destroying our universe, because that's what it wanted. Yeah. But that is exactly what Matt, Matt Smith did in Rings of Act Ten. Yeah. He gave his entirety of his like knowledge and what he'd seen all of his pain and his suffering to try and stop the big fucking sun monster from engulfing the entire system to be fair this is and like it didn't work thing. against that this is a thing that Whitaker's doctor did where it was like take an old episode and then change it slightly like the daleks working for the english government like back in world war 2 with their uh, churchill with their uh, matt smiths the episode is literally a rehash of rings of act 10 one of the worst episodes of Smith's era, <laughs> ironically. It was okay. It was an it was okay episode. It was good. It, it was yeah, a nice filler episode. Look at the pure gold that we got with uh, with Smith, though. 
Like yeah. co- compared to the, I mean, the only other episode that I didn't like was the ghost pirate ship thing episode. Compa- compared to a lot of these ones that we've listed so far, I'd still take it over this. Yeah, yeah. The shit is Smith episode, which in my view is dinosaurs on a spaceship. I'm sorry, but no. I, I don't like it. What was the um the first Vampire one with James Gordon? Oh yes, yeah, yeah, where he's like almost a, a Cyberman. The thing. Cyberman one, I love that episode. No, not that with the first one with James Corden. Um the one oh, with the Lodger. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. one was a bit shit. It was, it was just that's let's get James Corden some more fame. It's like he doesn't need it. Like he really well, like, I think, doesn't. I think the whole thing about with that though was Matt Smith and James Corden knew each other already. Like they'd been friends for years. And James Corden just wanted to be on Doctor Who, so they found a way to give him an episode. Yeah. So what's the next one? The next one is... The Battles of Ranks... 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 What is all of these fucking... Like, what's wrong with these names? I don't know. Ask Chris Chibnall. I don't want to. I don't want to talk to him. Yeah, no one does exactly. What is this episode again? Like, I, I think I forgot. Or oh, the title is just so dumb that my mind blanked it. In the words of uh, Alex Jones, um, he smells like sulfur. Don't want to talk to him. Um, the TARDIS lands on Rangs. A plan. <laughs> Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Rangskua. I can't. That's not English words. It's not words. It's not words. <laughs> a planet with a psychic field that alters one's perception of reality. The Doctor provides her companions with counteracting neurobalances. I don't remember this. I don't remember any of this. Um, I blocked out most of this season. Oh, is that the one with the thumb in the mouth? It's... There's a telekinetic race. Yeah, those those two people that are like the last of their race. And Tim Shaw manages to say that he's a god. And they oh, that one. Him. Yeah, it's the last episode. It, it was shite. I am the god of dental. Where, where Graham pretends that he's the Terminator for five minutes. I just hate it. That's like the best part of the episode. It's it really is. Fucking Terminator. I apologise for burping, but I don't apologise for burping. It's a tavern, damn it. There's no taverns without burping. Um... I don't remember any of this episode, and it sounds like fucking dog shit, so let's skip it. <laughs> it was, yeah. Well, basically, it was anticlimactic as fuck. Yeah, they got, like, one of, one of the least serious, like, villains that they had. And they had, like, one or two serious one villains. Off. It was the least serious villain. Yeah. So the Teeth Guy basically... Yeah. Yeah, it's Teeth Guy from first episode comes back. He's kind of dying because he wasn't supposed to live through the like reality shift or whatever the fuck happened to him on the first episode. I can imagine the, the... two people that find him, which are from some telekinetic race, like yeah. the last that moves them. stones to get yeah, like, the universe or something. Yeah, it's like oh my god, they find him on this planet where they supposed to like their entire existence has been to get there, and then when they get there, he turns up and they think he's god. Because they were told that once they get to that planet, like their profit will show up. And Tim Shaw's like, ah, I'll do that. I suppose. He's like, ah, okay, then, yeah, sure. It's where they took the um, the idea from uh, Tenant's era of moving the 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 Earth, because they like stole the Earth with their psychic powers. Hmm. Yeah, actually, yeah. There's another rehash. 
I think reuse the same fucking like model of the earth and stuff as well. Yeah. All right, resolution. Fuck. God no. no. <laughs> 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 Do you want me to read the synopsis? Oh. <laughs> yes, but no. <laughs> On New Year's Day 2019 in Sheffield, archaeologists Lynn and Mitch unintentionally revive a dead, in a deadly intelligence. Right, that makes sense. A deadly intelligence that has been separated, and that is so badly written. A deadly intelligence that has been separated and dormant. That's that's not a sentence anyway. Um. Ever since the 9th century. It's a fucking Dalek. It's a Dalek. They separate the Dalek. With their UV light. Gotta remind that. Yeah. Um, the Doctor is alerted to, the pre uh, to its presence. Because the Doctor has a Dalek detector, apparently. Um, the TARDIS lands there at the dig site. Uh, the Doctor takes a sample of the creature's slime. She should have known it was a Dalek. It's always a fucking Dalek, isn't it? Uh, also, she gets in without flashing psychic paper. Yeah, uh, they just accept the fact that a blue box is now on their archaeological dig, and these three, pe these uh, four people, are suddenly asking to see what they've dug up. So, did they acknowledge the fact that, like, so is it like they acknowledge the fact that the Doctor exists, like they acknowledge the character, or were they just like, oh yeah, we're chill with you, like it's fine? The second one, right. yeah. Because I was going to say that... Which also kind of makes no sense because Unit doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah. Dude, Unit was the only reason the Doctor had control over anything. Well, Matt Smith did a lot of uh, retroactive work to make people forget. But since then it's been... Well, actually, so did... Uh, so did... Uh, what's his name? Fucking Capaldi. Capaldi did a lot of work to make sure people didn't remember him as the Doctor. The president of the, of the uh, entire world. Of the yeah, and then Unit got cancelled because of Brexit. I don't Brexit. even remember which episode that was on. It's got to be the first season, right? This might actually be the episode where they say that it Brexit. might actually be. Yeah. Um, the Dalek flees. Okay, right, we've skipped a bit. Um, Ryan agrees to. Uh... Where, where, where the fuck? This is just so badly written as a synopsis. Oh yeah. This this is the one where his dad uh, is trying to sell it a microwave cooker for some reason. And then, like, at the end, they're like, oh, oh my god, the microwave cooker! It, it, it stops the Dalek! Yeah. So basically, they have some bullshit plot about Ryan hitting his dad. Pretty racist, BBC. Why can't there be, uh, you know, a black household with uh, the mother and the father there? That's a bit racist. But anyway. Because the mother died and the dad fucked off. Fair enough. Pretty standard, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Sounds like Hartlepool raising, uh, honestly. <laughs> we don't know where know. that is. That's a place that we don't, we've never even ah, been. There's Hartlepools everywhere. <laughs> lots of, like lots of countries have a Hartlepool. <laughs> it's just like a Doctor Who where like, every, every uh, planet has a north. Every planet has a Hartlepool. <laughs> so planets have a Hartlepool. Um, right. So basically, they try, they try to make a makeshift Dalek. I don't fucking care. You've lost me, man. You've convoluted the plot. It should be like so small. It, it it's really it like to sum it up. Dalek uh, killed thousands of years ago by some Saxons somehow, and then uh, was split up 
and then was found by someone and then it attaches to their back and somehow goes on a killing spree and then reconstructs their Dalek uh, body, which is like a recon Dalek, which is like 10 times shitter than a normal Dalek for some reason. And then the episode ends with like them pushing them into like the sun or something while the the microwave is attached to them. I just I fucking, I hate it. Good old anorexic Daleks. Right. Um, that's, that season was shit. Well, she's, that season was dog shit and it gets worse. Like uh, We didn't even talk about the... Um, was the, I'm pretty sure that this season was the season with the uh, cheats, right? Yeah. Because that, that was the Call of Duty episode. Ah, oh, so it was, yes. The episode that's, where that's Ryan the Dyspraxic is uh, really good at Call of Duty. Uh, and that makes him really good at shooting real fucking live ammunition. Uh, fun uh, little fact as well. It's the first time that the uh, uh, Timeless Child was ever mentioned. Yep, it was the first cock tease of a uh, nightmare that basically killed the show. Good job, Chibs. I remember as well, around about that time, we will get on to series 12 as well, because we kind of flew through this a bit quick. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll put the link in the thingy, in the Discord, to series 12. Um, but basically, this was the season that everything just kind of the show felt wrong and i remember specifically before this episode um aired or before the first episode of this season aired uh, season 11 we were like i was very anxious about it Bedamish was very confident about it i think dk you basically you didn't like it <laughs> from the beginning yeah, like I, me. I knew that i was going to be the one to watch it <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I was confident. I would say I was hopeful. Yeah, which is a good position to have, honestly. Yeah, unless it's Star Wars, because uh, Star Wars they just dick you over for uh, liking oh. it. Oh no, I'm very hopeful for Star Wars right now, considering they're gonna try and decanonize all of the sequels. Shh, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Doctor Who reference. Ah, we're back on track. Yeah, we are back on. Oh, that was accident, accidental back on track. Oh, my sonic screwdriver's made out of spoons. Yeah, that that Sheffield spoons because Sheffield <laughs> Sheffield spoons from some random garage. Sheffield yeah. had the best oh, steel in the world, apparently, according to Sheffield. <laughs> yeah, and it looks like an actual dog shit sprayed in like silver. Let me just say what it looks like. It looks like fucking. It looks like a fucking dildo, right? I'm bringing up the sonic screwdriver. It sonic, looks like fucking spoons. <laughs> the, the sonic screwdriver is like straight up one of the most iconic, um, like things in Doctor Who, to the point where people collect them. Like you know, like just melting down spoons with my fam. That moment. But yeah, I, I, I also don't like the yellow color at all. See, I don't I don't mind changing the color because it's like it went from not even having a light on it anyway, because it looked like a wrench. It looked going, like a, a looking like a, thing. yeah, like to looking like a pen with a light on the end to being a big bulky green thing that can flick out. Still one of my favorites is pennants, where like uh, it like wrenches up. That's cool as hell. Yeah. Um, so we've got the uh, sonic screwdriver up. Uh, you two just talk among yourselves while I do this. Uh, 
Oh, and that uh, the one that uh, River Song got that was quite a cool one as well, made out of like bits and parts. Mm. Just yeah. a rehash of Tenant's original, which is really cool. Just turned into one of these streams. I've not had one of these streams in a while. But right, the thing I want to know is right. <laughs> yes, sure. Right, she could potentially make a new screwdriver. Right, the TARDIS oh, made shit. her like made the Doctor one before. But, uh, how? Right. I'm sorry. Yes. Right. How the hell did she make a fucking sonic screwdriver with some spoons in a garage in Sheffield? Professor Yana in uh, the Tenant episode, when they're on the other planet, um, the Master, he kept a nuclear reactor working with rubber bands and uh, paper clips. So. Yeah, but that's the thing. He already had the fucking reactor. Ah, true. She didn't have a fucking screwdriver. <laughs> spoons, she made it I... from scratch. From spoons. spoons. This is we made it in a cave this with is... a box of scraps. This is what's currently on the screen. I know, I'm watching this one. I keep laughing. <laughs> but yeah, she made it in a garage in Sheffield with a bunch of spoons. Yeah, like, and as she well. She didn't have the original screwdriver. That was gone. That guy didn't have the technology really there. Like, she said, oh, we could build a sonic screwdriver, and then she's like, oh, but it'd take a lot of work, and then she just fucking did it. Did it in, like, half an hour. When she had funny goggles on, guys, it was it was hilarious. Duh. Funny goggles, literally a throwback to fucking Matt Smith every time he was tinkering with the TARDIS. Well, it was also a throwback to uh, Ghostbusters 2019, I think it was, or 2016, whatever, whatever it was. Oh, um, God, that... Yeah, let's never mention that again. They, let's stop right now. Where they had the, the goggles on, on their heads and stuff, and then occasionally, I think... I don't know. I think it was a callback to both. It's a, You know, they always go on about how, like, the right fucking uh, dog whistles, yet all they do is fucking dog whistle to each other. They're just like, oh, look, we referenced your thing. All right, series 12. I like how they don't have enough glasses. did better than the fucking screwdriver that she made. Yeah. There's so much shit in this episode. Like I like how series. it doesn't look like that she has enough spoon there, so there's some yellow showing. Yeah, so like, oh, I didn't have enough spoons. Just got some gaps. It's got some gaps. It's highly radioactive. It's like, also, Just stay right. back. Also, what the fuck's the crystal in it? Where'd you get the crystal from? Spoons. Spoons don't make crystals. I got it from me pookie. <laughs> not when you're not a time lord, it isn't like, but that's a time lord, you see. All, I'm, all I'm saying is she had the preform, but like of the sonic screwdriver, but it wasn't originally a sonic screwdriver. It was a marital aid. Like she just coated it in spoons. Ah uh, yes, marital aids. The, everyone knows that there's at least three crystals in those. <laughs> Probably. Uh, I'm not even going to go down that path. I want to. So, um, what's, what's this new season? I, I want to just get through this quickly, because Spyfall was terrible. We're skipping Spyfall, aren't we? We're going to skip Spyfall. Because <laughs> right, the thing is, right, if we're skipping Skyfall, we're skipping Orphan 55. Oh, no, no, we've got to no, talk about We've got to talk about Benny! Benny! The worst, that, like, that is the worst episode of Doctor Who before the time as children, in my view. I watched parts of it. The end of it makes zero sense. Yeah. 
No, it's an environmental uh, ed well, thing. Because, You've got to no, wear like, those things, you see. Often, it's smart. Often 55 is supposed to be Earth. Yeah. But they also don't know that often 55 is Earth, because Earth to them was apparently lost. But then we know from Eccleston's episode, where they went to Ernst the Tenet. end of the Earth, hmm. that we know that it is, it's dead in the future, because it blows up. We watch it happen. We didn't lose the planet. No. Plus, like, all the other time before that, we're all inside watching uh, horrifying versions of our TV shows. Like, Killer Big Brother. Yeah. Horrifying? You mean fun? <laughs> better than normal Big Brother. <laughs> Way better than normal. To be fair, watching Robot and Zap People with a mouth cannon was fucking great. Watching Jack flirt with Robot Anne was amazing. Watching Jack pull a gun out of his ass was amazing. <laughs> I love how there's a, like genuinely one of the best things about the latest episode was the fact that there was a callback to the laser in the arse. Yeah, it's, the gun, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just Jack though. You you can't go wrong with Jack. I kind of feel like we need this uh, this up at all times episode. Uh, this picture. Can we somehow make like the sonic screwdriver like vibrate like the picture <laughs> and just spin? Ah <laughs> oh, shit, she gone. Can't do. It. Oh fuck, what have I done? You're breaking everything. No, don't delete it. Move it to the side. Ah, we're breaking the format. No, no, the format's broken. Oh, well, at least this is. At least this is a longer one than the first episode, so I mean, doing something right. The fuck am I doing? Fix it. Tripling autism. Yeah. Thanks for that. Um, Speaking of that, this season, <laughs> next season, am I right, guys? There we go. We fixed it. We fixed it. It's beautiful. People are going to come to the stream and be like, oh, Doctor Who podcast, and then they're just going to see this picture. <laughs> 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 just a Jody Whitaker off here, fucking hell. Um Orphan fifty five, we've went through that. Uh Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror was a ghost episode, I think. I stopped watching after all of these. Like I didn't even make it to series twelve. It just Orphan fifty five literally broke me. I, I stopped. Yeah. You have a really fucking high threshold for these things as well. Like you watched I do, I've watched every episode. Yeah, you, you do too. Uh, to be fair though, right? I don't claim to like them. Yeah, you're honest about them. Same here. <laughs> Biggest Doctor Who fan. Get them all of the uh, Jodie Whittaker Sonic screwdrivers. Trust me, there's a oh, lot yes, on the please. shelves. <laughs> yeah, we can buy like the three packs of like um, Yaz, Ryan, and uh, Graham for like two pounds. We'll just <laughs> buy loads of them. It's like uh, on the Star Wars thing where you can buy a box of roses and it's just a box of rose Tico figures. <laughs> we should have like a wall of like just bad Star Wars and Star Trek and Doctor Who figures that we bought for a pound each. Yeah. Alright, so back on track. Yeah. Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror. I didn't even watch It's it. probably... The thing is, it was probably the most like an actual Doctor Who episode out of every single episode of the last two series. I heard it was a ghost episode. Pretty much, yeah. 
Was um, it was it like a rehash of the Dickens episode? Yeah, it basically was. So even the good episodes are ripoffs of of better episodes. Yeah, <laughs> we've established um, Chibnall is a fraud. Of course he is. Uh, so do, do, do. basically, yeah, there's not much to say. It was basically kind of a filler. Yeah, um, fugitive of the it, Judean. It was a good filler. Oh, I, I actually remember that one. That's the one with the uh, Ruth, isn't it? That's where they introduce Ruth as the Who is she, Mystery Doctor? Oh, we love her. Oh, it's like, oh, is she the next Doctor? No, she's apparently from thousands of years ago. Mind she's you, the um, tens the, of thousands. The fact that uh, Ruth is like hardcore on using guns and stuff like that was a bit of a turn off for me. Well, she's supposed to be. The fucking the actual timeless child, not the doctor. So wait, what? I'm very confused. Yes. But Ruth was the the actual timeless child was killed over and over again. Yeah, but see, the doctor only became the doctor when they wiped the timeless child's memories and started the cycle again. So they yep. they've actually fucked the first doctor. They fucked it further than I thought. Yeah. So wow. basically, the timeless child was from that first child that, oh, what was her name? Whoever the fuck she was found. Something like Ax Axolatl or some shit like that. Axolatl. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yes, the iconic uh, <laughs> uh, reptile. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the one. I can't remember like, what so... her name is. Yeah, the fugitive doctor, as she was called, because they didn't want to say that she was the timeless child yet. Yet again, just ripping off uh, John Hurt's uh, The War Doctor, kind and, of. Uh, and doing a it bit. aggressively badly. So fucking badly, it hurts. John Hurt Actually, was amazing. Uh, Ruth was not the worst thing. Like, she was a good actor, and there were some good scenes. But the entire thing was a little bit of a rip-off. The thing is, though, right, so we see a general trend. I think it's something to do with Chibnall himself and, like, obviously the changes, as we talked about, the diversity and inclusion initiative. Um, the changes that came with the show because of the that policy. Um, I think he basically went overboard with it because he's a very twittery-twattery arsehole and he's constantly responding to people on Twitter. He's never actually doing any work. Like most executives these days, um, he basically over the top levels have endorsed it, and like endorsed the diversity inclusion thing, and then first chance he could, it's like yeah, let's show those right wingers by uh, having you know a doctor who is uh, who's black. Yeah, they don't want a black doctor. They don't want a female doctor. Yeah, we're gonna make it so that. Basically, there was rumours that were leaked on purpose by the BBC. Like we, I, I think real Doctor Who fans at this point would be more pissed off if you make them ginger because of the running joke. Yeah. It's like the whole point of the joke, though, isn't it? Like, just keep it going. I mean, I don't even really want to talk about The Fugitive of the June. It was, as far as I've seen, it's kind of boring. Basically, oh, that that's one good point at the end. Uh, Gallifrey was shown as destroyed again. So. No. Uh, well, it says there that, that Gallifrey was uh, destroyed. Uh, uh, I think I'm pretty sure, like, um, 
they went back and like actually destroyed it. Uh, it might have been this episode. They confirm it in the last two, which is Ascension of the Cybermen and the, the uh, Timeless Children. But we're on to pra Praxis. Praxius. Uh, the Doctor and her companions investigate bacterium that covers human bodies in a crystalline substance before disinter disintegrating them. Now, this one was actually, um, I'd say, a little bit better because it was um, quite a horrifying uh, look because, like, your skin literally turned into hardened uh, calcium. Ooh. And you this was just the episode where they were like, yeah, microplastics bad, don't use plastics. That's the thing about this this series, uh, this season as well, and the last season. Every episode has to have some kind of political message. It has to be microplastics bad, this bad, carbon bad. White male straight bad. White male straight bad, lesbian good, black good. I, I, re I really do feel sorry for like the people who put genuine effort into it like the um, the people in the costume department the cgi department and the things like that just because like <laughs> the actual runner is letting you down not them yeah like uh, let's not forget who brought the show back russell t davies an open and very very open gay man like he brought the show back and managed to make it incredible without having to go into any of this shit there's the occasional, like, joke or things like that, but that's fine. Well, I think that was, like, a big thing with, like, Jack for him. Like, he said he wanted to base a lot of how Jack acted on the way he wanted himself to act when he was younger, but never did. Yeah. Because he was probably a boring ass. let's be fair. <laughs> As most writers are. Drinking alone, uh, solemn, and all that. I think he, uh, he, he got a lot of it out now with It's a Sin. Like, that, that shows all... I'm not watching that. That's that's not for me. It's like for those people, like there's a certain crowd of people who all they watch is RuPaul's Drag Race and shows about gayness and they're not even gay. And you're like, right, that's an interesting choice of entertainment. Um, that's your thing. Go for but it. Anyway, let's get back to it before you badmouth one of my favorite shows more. I've watched RuPaul's Drag Race. It's okay. I wouldn't personally... It's just strange. It's a strange show. I can't describe it to people. It's like an acid trip that goes on for half an hour. Uh, right. What's the next episode? Can you hear me? That is the episode's name. Yeah. What was that? Um, the Doctor return... Uh, the Doctor returns her companions home. See, again, these fucking summaries are written so badly. And they're written by the BBC, too. Um where they simultaneously begin to experience supernatural events. Uh, Graham sees visions of an imprisoned girl telling him to find her, as you do. Uh, Ryan sees a mysterious figure uh, cause his friend to vanish. And Yaz sees an unfamiliar woman um, among memories of her past. I don't know what that means, dude. What the fuck does that mean? It's so badly written. Um, the doctor. I think this, this is the one time we actually see uh, Ryan's friends, and like, because in the last episode he talks about them loads, but this is the one time we get to see them. Yeah, I don't. I honestly thought his friends were his bike and his granddad, but um, pretty much. <laughs> you forgot he has a YouTube channel. 
of a YouTube channel. Those guys he played basketball with once before the fucking MI5 came and took him away. Yeah. Don't forget the, the COD people. He plays COD. Aye. It's probably one of those people who plays in uh, party chat and he just gets harassed to like make your shit, your fucking your KD 0 and 10. I mean, he can't help that. He's got dyspraxia. <laughs> it makes me really good, though. <laughs> Alright. Um, so. Now we're on to the haunting of Villa... Uh, word. <laughs> the haunting of episode 8. It's episode 8. Um, so this one is the Doctor takes a companion to uh, 1816 to that place on Lake Geneva to witness Mary Shelley in the inspiration to write Frankenstein. This is the Cyberman one, isn't it? Yes. The, uh, what was it? The time traveling the Cyberman. The Cyberman. Lone Cyberman. Which could have been a way cooler plot than it actually turned out to be. Yet again, though, like the costume was brilliant. Hmm. Probably, like, I mean, there are people who work for the costume departments who think they're working on a completely different show. There are people who watch Doctor Who and buy their merchandise and things like that and kind of switch their brain off completely, who think they're watching a completely different show, to the minority, the people who are actually paying like attention and things like that. It, it's not... It's not the same show. We're not getting the same experience. It's like with Star Trek Discovery. If you switch off your brain and you literally go fucking limp and you just, you know, basically put yourself into a state of having a coma... It's really fucking enjoyable. If you think about it for five seconds and you actually compare it to canon and things, yeah, it's, it's, it becomes not fun anymore. But let's get on with... Uh, basically, I don't know what that episode was about. Um, basically, what it seems like it was about was the Lord Cyberman goes into a place, scares the fuck out of people. It, about the Cyberanium and it's the... The collective knowledge or something of every Cyberman. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's a being setup. able to, like, being able to like plug himself into every single Cyberman and become the Overlord of them all or something. Yeah, and uh, it's a setup for the the Endless Children where they make uh, Cybermen uh, yeah. time lords. Yeah. And Speaking also, of... it's yet another fucking throwback because when I saw that, I was like, "Wait, we've seen someone like this before." Danny Pink. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. They're ripping off even bad elements of Capaldi. It wasn't, wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad, but I mean, like, the, you know the whole thing with the Cybermen ascending into the sky and blowing shit up? Like, like raining down cyber particles? Yeah. Cyberviscera. Cyberviscera. Cyberguts. Um, so, Ascension of the Cybermen, oh no, I don't want to talk about it, you talk about it. No, you talk about it. I don't it. want to talk about it. <laughs> they converted oh. all... Chernobyl <laughs> they, they convert all of the, like, all of the Time Lords into Cybermen. Because oh. that'll make a difference. Well, that's not till the end. You got to remember everything that comes before that. First. I don't. I don't even remember anything that comes first, to be honest. Something yeah. about the master being a dickhead or something. Talking about Nazis. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The the master used the fucking uh, what's it called? Uh, it's like locked away for seventy years. 
Yeah, he used like one of those uh, things, didn't he? Uh, that the lieutenant did. Uh, oh, what are they called? That hide your hide your identity. Chameleon. Chame yeah, yeah chameleon. like use one of them to which hide was a rehash, Which was a rehash of uh, you know Yana doing the same in the yeah. end of the universe. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. So basically, they're just ripping off lots. Uh, Let's get to the really important part. Uh, Gallifrey is confirmed to be dead because before it was it was only seen in a vision. Uh, Gallifrey right. is confirmed to be dead. No, let, let, let's talk about this okay. first, though, right? Mm -hmm. It makes zero sense. <laughs> None of this makes zero any fucking sense. sense. <laughs> Less than zero. Negative sense. Right. The Doctor goes to speak to me on Gallifrey. Right. When Gallifrey is about to be destroyed at the end of time. Mm. So we know Gallifrey is still there. Yeah. Granted, the population is gone. Yeah. Most of the planet has been burned up. But there's still enough there that the vault was still intact. And that me could literally just sit down there and was learning Gallifrey and, and reading Gallifrey in books. Yeah. It's fine because the Cybermen now, it's different. Yeah, so basically the whole the whole population get of uh, like it, as well. We have to remember as well that they could have been converted in the past, long before all of that. Like, cause time travel, they could have like been converted to Cybermen before the end of time. And also, the thing that destroyed the uh, destroyed Gallifrey wasn't, as it was confirmed in the episode, um, it wasn't the destruction of you know the universe the end of time that kind of thing no it was the master the master fucked up the whole planet how we don't know with the, with the kill everything button with the kill everything that. button yeah he, he, he was throwing that around he was like i could push this at any moment it's a fucking jammy dodger it's always a jammy dodger it's always, always. <laughs> love a jammy dodger <laughs> uh can i just say that the sad men time lords look fucking dumb yeah they do, they do. Very dumb. And also, as well, the whole idea of it is combine two of the biggest quote unquote big bads, which the fact that Chibnall sees the Time Lords as big bads is fucking retarded. Like, straight up dumb as hell. Buffett did when, like, they came back. It's more the fact that it's not that they're seen as big bads, it's the fact that during the Time War, every other race just started to see the Time Lords as bad as well. Because it was still going on. You wouldn't... Even though the, the Time Lords were still technically on the side of good because they were trying to destroy the Daleks. But they were still fucking with time and space to do it. Like, you wouldn't trust the Time Lord after the Time War. Yeah. I get well, that. That's... Well, look at um, Paul McGann's Doctor when he meets... Uh... Oh, what's her name? On the spaceship before it crashes and he goes to the Sisters of Khan. Yeah. Like, she refuses to trust him. Like, she's perfectly fine with random stranger on my ship. Oh, okay, then. Goes with him all the way towards the TARDIS, and when he says, oh, it's bigger on the inside, that's when she's like, oh, you're a Time Lord. Nah, I'm a die. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, also, the whole fact that, like, um, not just that, the tenant thing, where they're like, yeah, that's how I like to remember them, as peace-loving uh, people. Not like the warmongering pricks that they've become. Yeah. 
Like, well, you have to remember, through the Time War, they committed massive atrocities across time and space. Oh, dude, we were talking, I think we were talking about They used bit. every single item in the vault, except the moment, and only because the moment wouldn't let them. By that point as well, so where we see the Paul McGann thing, um, he was already on the transition to becoming the proper War Doctor that we see. Yeah. But he wasn't quite so far, that was the start of his journey. The middle of his journey are in the Big Finish audiobooks, which have been canonized. And then the end of his journey is not the 50th, it's actually the Engines of War novel. That which I've both... still got to finish. Yeah. I think I told you the gist of it, though. Yeah. Do uh, you notice the books that were uh, rambling on to avoid talking about The Endless Child? I'm not talking about it. Because the books were better. <laughs> the books were better. Uh, the book was fucked up, though. Uh, really fucked up. Uh, but it kind of basically timeline reset to the point where the Daleks were losing and that's the universe that the do uh, the Doctor is in where the Daleks don't have strongholds and um, they're only attacking Gallifrey so he basically changes it from a war on all fronts where they're all losing to a war on one front that was the uh, the change that he made um, all of that's been fucking irrelevant made irrelevant by this episode uh, are, we, are we instead of uh, talking about the endless child, we're going to skip to the second worst episode? We have to, yeah. The timeless children. Oof. Can't. <laughs> <laughs> I think that explains oh. it all, really. The sigh. Yeah. Uh, the master teleports. I'm going to read the the synopsis since it's the last one. Uh, we're not talking about the revolution of the Daleks because it's. It doesn't it rip off the previous year's fucking special. It doesn't rip it off, it's a continuation, and then they give the, the Trump allegory, like, all of Trump's lines. Yeah. Let's just skip it. We don't want to do, I don't want to do that one. Uh, let's just do The Timeless Children. Um, then after that, are we saying goodbye, or...? We'll have... I think we'll have to do our, like, do we think the show's fucked or not after that? Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. He's ready to go get food, that lad. He is, he's just had his fucking nuggets as well. Uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> uh, the master teleports the doctor to Gallifrey, where he imprisons her in the Matrix. While the Matrix, which is bullshit, by the way, because the Matrix doesn't look like how it looked in the episode. But anyway, uh, that's the least criticism. While in the Matrix, the master reveals that the doctor was an orphaned female child, a black orphaned minority female child. Um, correction. Uh, from another dimension... I uh, thought the original one was a little white girl. Nope. Little black girl. Little baby black girl. Um, she was orphaned and experimented on by Shobag Shobogan? Shob Shob Shobogan? Oh, Sh a, a Shobogan yeah. woman named Tektayun. Yeah. After yeah, many the, years. The Shobogan were the original Gallifreyans. Yes. Before... Uh -huh. She made them all Time Lords and were like, yeah, we're Time Lords now. This is Gallifrey. I hate it. Just for no reason, just fuck it, we'll rebrand. We'll rebrand our species. Fuck it. <laughs> to be oh, fair, sure. Time Lord sounds way cool. <laughs> yeah, it does, like... Well, well, thing is, though, not all Gallifreyans are Time Lords. As well, the void, like, the, the big massive, like, void thing that she came from, like, they didn't build that, did they? They found that. Yeah, that, that was supposed to be... A, like a remnant from the beginning of time or something 
bullshit. That links to another universe. It was bullshit. Because the beast would have found it and he would have took over the universe. Fuck it. <laughs> it Everyone just... knows that if a if a universe is around, it needs to be a frog on a chair using Rose's voice. Oh, Sorry, yeah. yeah, Ruth's yeah. voice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so so basically, uh, what? Basically, it's just a whole lot of fucking foreplay until it gets to the point where the the master's like, "Behold, I found Siberium." I converted the dead Time Lords into Cyber Masters. Literally with the cold. Yaz and Grim safely reunite with Ryan. Oh, goody. Uh, then follow the Cybermen to Gallifrey. Ruth helps the Doctor escape the Matrix by transmitting her old and new memories. Uh, don't care. Uh, wait, what? She, she basically gives her the Doctor... She gives the Doctor her memories... Yeah, and that frees her. No, it's basically supposed to be the master starts unlocking the memories of the timeless child, right? From the matrix, because they're still supposed to be in there, and putting them back into the doctor's head. Okay, uh, back in the chamber, the doctor plans to detonate the death <laughs> death particle. <laughs> I told you, death button. I got a big death button. Got a big death button. Um, but cut. I don't give a shit. I really don't fucking care. Suddenly, the Jadoon appear and arrest the Doctor for no reason. Um, she was innocent, and that's why she's in prison for all of five minutes in Revolution of the Daleks. Uh, well, apparently it was months and months, but apparently for some reason she can't make her way out of a normal prison, but like well, a past Doctor can make his way out of a time limb. Well, she doesn't try to get out. That's the thing. Just kept, but she can, though. Kept dropping, yeah, she probably could. Kept dropping the soap and, like, winking at the silence, and the silence was just like, I ain't having none of that. She's probably laughing at the fact that they have a camera on a weeping angel. Yeah, that's dumb as fuck. Yeah. You, but you gotta think, you put a camera on a weeping angel, what's it gonna do? It's gonna hold the image of an angel and become an angel. Like, that prison is, like, as, as well run as fucking Arkham Asylum in the comics. Like, rice paper walls and shit. Right, door. <laughs> right, timeless child. Let's get on with this one. It's basically it. No, I mean the rest of it. Oh god! First incarnation. She was a young, dark-skinned girl with brown eyes, short black curly hair, bunch of random shit. Second incarnation, a young East Asian girl with straight black hair. Third incarnation, a fat. A, a fair-skinned girl with blonde hair. <laughs> a fat-skinned girl. <laughs> fat-skinned no, girl. Are we going to go like, through all of the billions? Like, yeah, like, this, the first seven incarnations all have their own little profile. It stops at seven. Like, they yeah. just give up. Because after a while, they were just like, yeah, fuck it. We've but killed her a few thousand times. They just... Oh, my God. She was every race. <laughs> yeah, and, it's like... Uh, and yeah, it's uh, like, gender combo, except for white male. And it was fourth... Uh, a boy with short black hair, yeah, and black eyes. Fifth, uh, uh, another boy, young, fair-skinned, brown hair, short, young, fat-skinned, young kids who climb on rocks. <laughs> uh, sixth incarnation, a young girl with brown hair, 
seventh incarnation, dark-skinned male with black hair, <laughs> styled into a short high top. <laughs> yeah, because that was oh. important. Yeah, that was so important. <laughs> My favorite part is like when when they regenerate, they actually get like head headbands or something, because apparently because you need a hairband to put it yeah. up like that. So like. <laughs> This is the beautiful. The beautiful seventh incarnation world. was the one that was introduced into the division. Because that's the one where Tectoon got it right and was like, Yeah, I've took my child's ability and gave it to my people. Yeah. And then After what... killing her a few hundred times. There was a part of... there was a part as well where um basically she apologized like insincerely and was like um, you have oh, to remember, Taeyoon was a, a male at the beginning, like, and then regened into a woman. Yeah. Um, no, the way around. Oh, it, was it? I think it was. Yeah. It doesn't explain anything, though. Who the fuck was the um? Who the fuck was Rassilon? Was Rassilon Taeyoon? No, Rassilon. I don't even think was around yet. Bullshit. Bullshit. Hard bullshit. Rassilon was. Rassilon, the other, and Omega. The original three. Eat my yeah, balls, chips. Gallifrey. Tech Tayun was a Shobogon, or whatever the fuck they're called. Yeah, but they were the original three. A Shaolin Showdown. <laughs> Shaolin Showdown. This is the thing, though. It's such a huge violation of canon. It can't It can't coincide with the actual so, show. It just yeah, can't. Tech Tayun was a Shobogon, and one of the first inhabitants of Gallifrey to explore other planets. You know what we need to do? Become showrunners so our fanfiction becomes canon. I don't want our fanfiction to become canon because uh, I know how it'd fucking go. I don't think TV allows so much fucking uh, degeneracy. See, right. There's another thing. So even though the show goes to lengths to say, like, oh, the Doctor is the Timeless Child, a lot of the actual information says after becoming the foster parent of the Timeless Child, a mysterious being whom the Master believed to have eventually become the Doctor. Exactly, so there's low confidence so there is, about it. Yeah, there is still the, the, the hope that they just abandon that shit. And who was the Master like in this whole thing? Well, that's like the whole point. The Master's having a fucking mental breakdown during the episode because he's like, Oh no, I always wanted to be like my friend the Doctor. Like, but the Doctor <laughs> isn't the Doctor. The Doctor's from another planet. And another what would you do if the Timeless like, Child was actually the Master and that like, person who fostered uh, after the Master Doctor? Yeah. I mean, the thing is as well, the, the the Master is a known liar. like, And he also is insane. Like, he wasn't... Especially this one. Yeah. He's also a fucking child. Like, come on. Well, he's very Matt Smith. He is, but he would have been ate too many like Fruit Loops. Like he, he would have been a good master for Matt Smith if Mas Matt Smith had a master, which thank fuck he didn't. And like the Doctor would have been a good Doctor if she was written properly, and fucking Chibnall didn't take the most, shall we say, um, special take of every uh, of every fucking scene. Like, if if it was literally to the point where he took the first take, because this is the report as well, on on um, every fucking show, like on every episode that was recorded, 
he always took the third take and he always said more energy more energy you know more physical presence or whatever and he always took the final take where it had the most over-exaggerated expressions and that was the take that we always get to see it's just take two and is the other yeah so at the end of the episode well not the end of the where it shows as uh, Tectoons uh, injects himself, herself with the genes of the, the Doctor and uh, goes through her first regeneration. Becomes a younger, dark-skinned man with short hair and then goes to lead the founding members of the Time Lord Society. Which wasn't a thing. <laughs> but also... Uh, in the corresponding scene to the Timeless Children, where Tectoon's second incarnation stands alongside two other Time Lords in full high-collared uh, regalia, the Timeless Children's releases uh, release mentions that we can assume the two others are Rassilon and Omega that she's standing beside, no. or that he is standing beside at that point. Oof. So she's meaning the other. So that would make her she, the other. Tectoon is the other. No, no, that is fucking horseshit. We know that th we know the story of the other. I, I love how like, we don't. Apparently I love how we don't even know what the doctor is. I love how like he can have such a deep cut, and then just ruin everything else. Like the other die, like basically sacrifices himself, puts himself in the loom, and is reborn. To be born as again. Uh, is born again as the doctor, or at least his, his essence, the essence of his character. Yeah, that was supposed to be the, like the original like script of it but it still fucking isn't not. it still fucking is in my head and then any showrunner after this that gives a damn about the show it's going to be the canon that they're going to run with because like well let's get on to opinions like do we think Doctor Who's fucked yes <laughs> no but only if we take a massive hiatus yeah true it, it's... and that's not just like a year or two either that's like a good five to ten years can we, give, fixable. Yeah, can we give the Eccleston 6 isn't like the one like the time skip after the movie like the 6 years after the movie yeah well how long was it between the movie it was like 6 years like I said no I mean between a classic who to the movie it was about 6 7 years then as well wasn't it it was a couple of years yeah because um, uh, McCann's wasn't doing too great it's um, I think it's fucked but I think it's recoverable. I, I don't care if they do recover it at this point. There are better shows on TV. It pains me to say that. But yeah, I I, I hate it. Like one division. I I don't I don't give a shit about all that. We we legitimately have years of uh, normal Doctor Who, and then if you're sick of that, you have Blake Seven that has the same feel, and you have other sci-fi shows. Like the Orville and everything else. I can't wait that... for the next season of Orville. It'll be so good. I mean, so there's no point in Doctor Who anymore. Like, Doctor Who filled a very specific niche in a time where we needed that, that niche to be filled. Uh, if it was written well still, or if it was written okay, like acceptably, like mid Moffat kind of good, like it could have been really really fantastic you could have still enjoyed episodes but if, if they're going to use it as this political vessel how they are currently i don't want to watch it i don't care about it 
just cancel it get rid of it we don't need that kind of shit we've got enough shows that are filling that role and the role is to make people feel like crap to make people divided to make people question you know and reassess their beliefs you know as recently came out check their thinking as the bbc says check the privilege yeah hey if they're going to continue to go down this path get rid of it fuck doctor who like i don't want to see that shit in my shows and we'll get into a lot more of this kind of trend where things turn very very sour uh for star wars for for doctor who for for everything um star wars star trek are two of the bigger ones as well we've got very few shows that haven't been tainted by this shit by this walk insanity and they're all following the same kind of prayer book in a way and it is like a cult isn't it like a strange 21st century like emotional bullshit cult yeah scientology effectively yeah um just basically basically pretty much yeah i mean it's just i I do think it's recoverable but i don't care if it is (laughs) It's like, like you said, we've we've got like, we've got better shows to watch. We're not desperate for shows. Like, there's not many of them, but the ones that do exist, exist. We really enjoy them. And I think as well, in general, uh, people have moved on from shows in general and moved towards video games. I spend most of my free time playing video games. What, what the fuck else is there to do? <laughs> Um, whereas before people were obsessed with shows people still watch shows obviously like you you mentioned WandaVision and obviously the Loki show is coming out that's apparently supposed to be good The Falcon uh, and the Winter Soldier comes out straight after WandaVision yeah that's looking like it's going to be really good as well like there's, there's lots of things to look forward to Marvel and otherwise but Doctor but Who Marvel Star Wars like they're doing a lot right now yeah we'll have to get onto star wars pretty soon but next episode obviously we'll just be we'll take be taking a lot more of a chill approach i would say uh generally covering lots of topics that we want to talk about like you can just like come up with the topics i'll come up with some topics and we can just like talk about them i choose north korea i meant show wise and video games and stuff but okay We'll we'll have like a civil war off. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, um, thank you guys for for coming. Thank you guys for watching, and I we will speak to you. I don't know, fucking next week or some shit. Who fucking knows? Maybe we'll have a normal start next time, but don't count on it. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <Don't be> silly. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs>